July is filled with blessings on blessings on blessings. Today's episode is sincerely with one of the realest ones out there, Mr. Lebohan Diale. Lebo is one of the founders of Grades Match, a truly transformative, innovative educational tech company solving real problems in the education space in South Africa. I've chat, spoken to and I chat with many intelligent, driven, and dynamic individuals. A lot of them you've been party to on my podcast but um yeah it was different like very different because it's not that he's just building an incredible company that has an enormous financial upside but he's also providing critical services in the education sector that actively transform the lives of thousands of south africans and africans on a daily basis and and very aggressively contribute to the betterment of the nation of south africa and the continent as a whole i mean it's one thing to build a cool company and a valuable company. It's another thing for that actual company to be changing people's lives. So yeah, as I said, one of the realest ones out there. Outside of being a modern day superhero, Lebu is a UCT grad with a double major in electrical engineering and finance. Beast! Um, he's also like a really, really, really lovely person and incredibly well thought out. And it just has an amazing temperament. You know, if you have any desires or dreams or aspire to be like anyone, I would suggest you choose Lebo because he's one hell of a guy and I can't say enough good things about him. So, without any further waiting, <laughs> here's my chat with Lebo Diale. Yeah, Lebo, thank you so much for sitting down and doing this. Thanks so much for the invite. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you mind uh, telling the people at home who you are and a bit about yourself? Cool. So, as mentioned, my name is Lebohan Diale. Mm -hmm. So, I am the co-founder and executive director at Grades Match. Mm -hmm. uh, we're an education technology company basically assisting students with career guidance, helping them figure out their journey from education all the way to economic opportunity. That's essentially our vision. How do we make that easier mm. for the African child? Mm. Um, given the inequalities and disparities, we want to make sure this technology that facilitates that journey far, far, far simpler mm. than anything out there. Yep, I like that. That's cool. Um, when did you start Grace Match? Tell, tell, talk us through the story of Grace Match and how it all came together. Sure. So the Because it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. <laughs> You've been, been at it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the founding story is that it all kind of kicked off when in 2012 there was a stampede at UJ in January. Mm. So what typically happens at the beginning of each year in South Africa is that students would flock to institutions yeah. um, after getting the metric results, hoping to get a place. Yeah. In this particular instance, it was a year when UJ was allowing those late applications and for people to go to the campus to go do the late yeah. applications. But yeah, unfortunately when they got there, you're just like, look, we've reached capacity. We're going to start closing the doors now. As they close the doors, students you know in their effort and desire to be educated started pushing forward uh, mm. even more which results in 17 learners being injured mm. well 17 learners and parents being injured and one parent ended up dying <laughs> the one parent ended up dying i later found out that actually her son used to go to my old school 
Heck. So it was, it was actually like quite close to home when you start yeah. thinking about the big picture. Like, oh wow, it's it's that guy's mom. She was like literally in the house next door to mine. So in the schoolhouses next door to mine. So you like see him all the time, basketball, on on school, all mm. that's like okay, this is actually quite close to home. And essentially, were three of us: so myself, Unachi mm -hmm. September, and Rudzani Malawudzi. And we had like different ways in which this event kind of impacted us. But Rudzani, who was essentially one of the the founding, he was the founding CEO and founding director. He said, "Cool guys, let's let's come together and try to solve this because we're all passionate about how we can help youth and how we can assist youth, right?" So he came together and really started understanding the problem. And the problem was actually fairly simple at the time. Well, so we thought, right? It's that students didn't understand one how to calculate their APS scores. So the admissions point scores for mm -hmm. eligibility into universities, and two, uh, how to link those to the qualifications that you potentially pursue. So it's more of an eligibility issue. So it's like, okay, that's relatively easy. There's different ways to calculate APS scores. There's um, ways we can visualize that through a simple app, mm -hmm. and we put that together over a two-year period into what was the first version of Grades Match. Yeah. And we launched that in 2014. Okay. Um, to the market. Then, as we launched that, we received really well. Um, but as the space goes, because we have this kind of social feel, because we really thought, hey, how do we help uh, more black students or mm. more students from disadvantaged backgrounds, more, more, more so? As I think just black is fine. I don't think, just, I think disadvantage is a wank. Like, <laughs> just, just call a spade a spade. You're black. So, yeah. and the thing which we found really interesting um, was that we pr primarily thought that this was a black issue, mm. just in terms of access to information, access to pathways. Mm. But we realized, well, actually cuts across income barriers, it cuts across the entire spectrum. Yeah. That there's just a challenge in general of, okay, how do we get in for most parents and students? It's like, we're kind of hitting and hoping, mm. and we're just doing our part. And hey, if the child gets in, they get in. If they don't, we kind of scramble to figure yeah. out how to get in. And the that. problem with systems like that is when you succeed, you don't know why you succeeded. Exactly. And when you don't succeed, you think you're a exactly. failure, not exactly. realizing that the system might have been rigged against you. And like you, you see the same thing in venture a lot, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 I mean, uh, just as a theme, and I'll touch on it again at the end. What we've been noticing over our journey is that the path from education to economic opportunity is not by design. There's not certain things you do mm. that improve your probability significantly with you know some clear path to that. Okay, if I study my maths yeah. in a particular way, mm. I'm more likely to get like a 70, 80, 90 percent. Yeah. Right. But it's actually by chance. So it's just by chance that you happen to choose the right course yes. to, to study and you happen to enjoy it. Mm. It's just by chance that when you get to varsity, you have the resources you need to do well, or your parents have the funds to pay for your tuition fees. That's mm. by chance. If they don't, in, in as much as you may have got admission, if they don't have the funds, you're not gonna go. Correct. So that opportunity then becomes lost, and there's yeah. like a whole lot of war stories I can share later of just how students don't get in. And again, it's by chance that you know how to interview well, and when you're interviewing, you find the right first job, and that first job sets you up. Correct. Right. It's almost like you don't want to be successful. It's actually worse to be successful than to not to be successful. Because to not to be successful teaches you how to be successful later. Mm. But if you're just successful straight off the bat, you think that you're just magic. You know, and you're not. <laughs> you got lucky. Yeah. You know I mean? But for those who go through that tougher challenge, yeah. it's, 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 it's a bit more of a gritty journey. It's not for everyone. True, true, yeah. true. It's easy to say that as someone who's done that mm. and, and to think, well, you know, you need to do that to be X, Y, and Z. Mm. And it's very, it speaks back to like, very private school Joseph toxic masculinity like mm. I had to do it you had to do it come on you know yeah, yeah. as opposed to like we don't necessarily need to torture everyone just because you yeah. were tortured just because you were tortured yeah, yeah, yeah so so those are those dynamics so let me just circle back to the story of just you know how we got to this point so mm. in 2014 we launched you know the prototype mm -hmm. right uh, released you're studying by the way at the same time right 
Yes. Okay. okay so it's important to note that <laughs> because there are a lot of young entrepreneurs out there who think that I can't launch a business and study at the same time. So yeah. like, it's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. So, so what happened 2011 after we went varsity together? Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. all like graduated at that point in time. I was the weird one. Everyone mm -hmm. said, hey, I'm going to go work, go to Accenture, go to yeah. know, McKinsey. Some of the other friends went to Goldman Sachs. Yeah. Right. So I was like, cool, exciting. But I was like, eh, I'm going to stick around a little bit more. And do another degree. Man, was that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Pastor David. That was the best decision you made. And I wish, like, if I could go back and do anything, I would have taken your path. Hmm. Because there's literally no reason to get out of varsity if you don't have to. Yeah, if you if really you don't shouldn't. have to. Yeah, if you don't have to, if yeah. you can afford to stay at varsity for another five years, stay for as long as you can. Because varsity is the ultimate, like, accelerator for talent, innovation, ideas, yeah. and even businesses, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, if anything, I think the varsity is the best place to start a business. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's, Sorry. it's definitely the best time to do so for if, if, if you find the right networks and the right kind of product to focus on. Definitely so. But, I mean, I, I, just to push back slightly on that, mm -hmm. even if you don't have the right product, because at the end of the day, like, this is a non-deterministic space, right? Mm -hmm. okay, so, when it comes down to it, Varsity just affords you like a number of luxuries. A, it allows you to keep your living costs very low for a long time. Yeah, yeah. B, because your living costs are low, that means that the actual money coming in doesn't have to be as high. So mm. you don't have to go for ultra like exclusive lucrative opportunities that uh, essentially monopolize and colonize all of your time. Mm. And then lastly, you just have more time and opportunity because as an entrepreneur, like now, right, mm. you sit in the office all day, right? But Varsity, you're just around users 24-7. Yeah, it's yeah. mind-blowing when you think about it mm -hmm. in hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to go back to Varsity just because I know that I can test a new product every single week. Sure. Because there's literally an audience there, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's like why does San Francisco succeed? Why does Tel Aviv succeed? Mm -hmm. It's like, because there's, there's audiences 24-7. It's mm -hmm. high concentration of bodies, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, you can't build Facebook in, like, northern Kharangkua. Mm -hmm. Like, it takes you six hours to meet five people just yeah, to yeah. get like feedback get on whether or not this is a product quality right? feedback yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so so sorry carry on you're 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 now 2011 finished yeah. your undergrad in finance right undergrad in finance yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. and then decide hey i'm gonna stick around and do another undergrad in electromechanical engineering the time. easiest degree you can pick right? yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> the easiest. like look finance is chilled ah, you uh, know it should be yeah. chilled it's, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. some maths and physics yeah. haven't done in four years ah, yeah it should be chill it should be very chill it should yeah. be very chill flames mama Lilo, it's coming i mean just if we just go on a segue of that engineering experience i think one thing which I realized with finance, and maybe it touches on you know the story of by design and not. With finance, it was just easy. It was just like a natural plug-in play for me. So it wasn't too much like I'm stretching myself to understand this stuff. Mm. I remember there was one uh, entire semester where I didn't really go to campus. Mm. Yeah, for like, yeah, I didn't go to campus. I'd only come in for tests, and my friends be like, what's going on with you? I'm like, look, guys, uh, I'm studying, don't worry about it, but God of War is an amazing game. Mm. Finished it last week. <laughs> <laughs> Which God of War is this? Which number was, was this? God of War 3. God of War 3. Hey, that thing banged yeah, eh? yeah, on yeah. PS3, right? On PS3, yeah, Nigga, yeah. that thing was epic. I remember yep. that. I fucked that up as well. Yeah. Years later, I wasn't as... <laughs> I wasn't an early adopter jing. Ah, wait, but I was close. I was close, yeah. Yeah. And then, now come engineering, and you find yourself like, why am I on campus from 8 in the morning till 5 p.m.? Mm. This is not mm. normal. Yeah. Like, every day was this type of life. Just... A job. Just a job. Just every day work, work, work. And that's like, that's the bare minimum. That's not yeah, the, yeah. like, you're a hard-working kid. Mm. That's just, in finance. That's just, that's just bare minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's just, you, you need to do this because there are tats, there are courses which are running basically out the whole day. Mm. Yeah. 
And that was just like an interesting culture shock, I guess, mm. as a varsity student. Because mm. it's not like I was, you know, shocked as a first year as normal. Like, ah, new yeah. experiences. Like, okay, this is a new course. This is an interesting environment. Mm. Yeah. Now, back back to the story. So, 2014, we got this thing on the ground, uh, getting some customers to give us some feedback. We got about 3,000 customers in that first year. Nice. Exciting. Like, this product makes sense. Really wanted this in our lives. But then the other questions came from the users saying, well, what if I don't know which career I want to pursue? Hectic. Right. Hectic. For me, the only course careers I know is a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, an engineer. TV and the TV occupation. And education, yeah. Yeah, TV occupations. It. If it's a TV, it's to be right. on a TV show, I want right. I can do it. If I've seen it on, you know, Skin Sum, on Generations, on Super You know City, what I'm saying, yeah. Like, it's sensical. But even if not, even yeah. if not, like, when is the first time you heard about the, the concept of management consultant? Well, that was in varsity for me, and I'm from a private school environment. My man. Right. I literally found out about managing consultant for the first time. I think I was in second year, mm. and they were taking McKinsey like uh, roadshow at mm. UCT, mm. and I'm very confident. <laughs> I'm mm. too confident. I was like, I want to work at McKinsey mm, as well. Mm, mm. And then um, they were like, What do you guys do? And they were like, Consultants. Mm. And I was like, What the fuck is that? Mm. <laughs> like, mm. And then they told me, and I was like, oh, That sounds like a dumb idea. You mm. know what I mean? And then I walked away. But if I hadn't decided that day to like barge in, mm. I would find out like in Five years after I started yeah, varsity, because yeah. I just met friends who are now management consultants. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, those are just the careers that they were aware of. Then there was other issues led to, well, how do I even fund my studies? This is pre Fusmus 4 and yeah. you know, the 20, 2017, 2018 announcement, right? Mm. So, that was that was just the status quo. And I'm yeah. like, okay, this doesn't make sense. It's not uh, you know the ideal outcome for most youth. So, we then thought, okay, we need to extend the solution to now include careers as part of it. Right? Okay. So you can now connect careers to qualification opportunities and then link your subjects and marks as well to you know what you're eligible for, what okay. you're not. So let's take a pause there. Mm. Great Smart just first starts off, I'm just gonna help you understand how to get into varsity. Yep. So you should know that yeah. is that you should know what you want to do. Exactly. Yes. Great match then evolves into I'm gonna help you get into varsity and choose your course. Mm-hmm. Then Great Match evolves into I'm gonna help you get into varsity, choose your course, and choose your career. Interesting, fascinating, and this is a great um, like uh, case study mm. for someone trying to build a business right now. It's like you don't want to build a whole solution all at once. You want to build like the minimum version of it. Like Great Match is just helping you get to varsity, and then let those users help you find the rest of your product. It's, it's the only way. So that's also like your kind of quick litmus test to test: mm. Do your users actually want this product to exist? Mm. Do you know to to be in the ecosystem? And mm. if, if there's a pull from the market, that's usually really helpful, right? If you have to push all the time onto the market, it becomes really difficult mm. to get momentum. Yeah. It's not impossible, by the way, if you've got to push a lot uh, to get some form of, you know, um, what's the word? Some form of, we, we have sufficient adoption. Okay. That is like, okay, this thing can, can, can exist in the market, this thing can <laughs> latch into the market. Okay, but okay, you can okay. force this thing. Okay, so, 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 so let's talk about this for a bit because this is an idea I've been wrestling with for a bit. Mm. I call it the pineapple crab problem, mm. right? Crab is fucking delicious. Mm. Pineapple is fucking delicious. Mm. Bam, gotta work to get that sweet juice. Mm-hmm. Gotta work to get that sweet meat, mm. right? Mm. Some industries are like avocados, mm-hmm. where you just cut the skin and the food is there. Right there, sure. Right? And other industries are crabs. Mm. As an operator, as a founder, as someone who's been doing this now for 10 years, which one was yours? Was yours more avocado or was yours more uh, a pineapple? I mean, I'm not to say that mm. like 
that, that avocado is easier than a pineapple because mm -hmm. in many ways, I remember avocados that's ripen as well. Yeah. There's a very small window sure. that it ripens within. Sure. So it's not like, oh, I've got, I'm gonna choose an avocado because it seems easier. Yeah. It's like avocado is, has a different level of complexity yeah. as is pineapple, except pineapple yeah. in my mind is easier mm. because ah, you don't have to wait, just mm. got the pineapple and just hack, hack, hack. Eventually you'll get this like a crab. Mm. So you have to take a hammer, bang, 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 eventually mm. it'll open up. Mm. So which one was your opportunity? So it was first a pineapple. Okay. If not a rock, and you're trying to get water out of it. Okay. It was pretty much like biblical type stuff. Like, ah, oh, hit a rock, then hopefully water will come out. Yeah, yeah. It was very hard. <laughs> so why carry on? Why it did you guys keep hard. going? Um, because there's a massive opportunity uh, commercially to pursue it, but at the same time, it's, it, it, the majority of the country still persists in going in pathways that just don't make sense okay. and actually not even having access to pathways in general. Yeah. Right? So like a simple statistic is that every single year we have a million students, give or take, writing matriculate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, of those, there are only 200,000 students who get in to an undergrad opportunity with UNISA taking the bulk of that anyway. Mm. Right? So what happens to 800,000? Right? Mm. Generally is that they're going to be circling in and out of that si cycle, right? Hopefully They're in the toilet bowl. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to try to upgrade. Some may get in, some may not. Or, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm going to go, you know, try get early work op place opportunities, which are fine, right? And those those are interesting opportunities for some, which are which those are available too, right? Mm. Um, it Fundamentally, with things like your learnerships, things like your skill-based programs, it's, 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 it's a function of how big is the market. So how much money is there that we can absorb more of these people into yeah. the economy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then you have your TVETs where there are vocational colleges supposed to give you raw skill sets to just jump in, right? And there's raw need for those particular skill sets, so like artisans, plumbers. There's massive demand. We have so many leaks nationally, mm -hmm. which can be fixed. However, the inefficiency currently at TVET institutions is not helping the situation, where now you get through TVET, TVET get your qualification, and you know, you're immediately able to apply yourself as a business person to now start solving someone's issue and mm. you know they pay you. So it's like a concoction of issues just coming together and just make it incredibly difficult for a young person to succeed. And that's why for us, how he says that, look, if we can get to that point where we can meaningfully impact even those 200,000 who get into those opportunities, there's massive value created, not just for those young people, but for their families <laughs> and for this country. And then from that point on, we're kind of saying, okay, how do we then start getting a snowball effect yeah. going yeah. and yeah. improving mm. you know, the prospects of young people to move forward? Because it's unsustainable. You can't be like, guys, it's so chill that three out of four young people are unemployed yeah. and technically unemployable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I just think, man, I don't even know if the problem is immense or that the problem is like stuck on a barbed wire. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. So like the more you pull at it, the more you fuck it up, if that makes any sense. And it's like mm -hmm. that, that awful scene in Fight Club when they're stealing um, uh, like fat from an old woman from this like uh, plastic surgery space mm. and then they throw the fat over the fence mm. and it gets stuck on the fence and the more mm. they pull on it, the worse it sure. gets. And sure. So it's like, that, that's what education looks like to me. Mm. It's almost like, you should just remove the fence. <laughs> Trying to pull on that fence is not gonna work. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's 2014. Um, 
you found what I guess is product market fit for your solution? At that, at that point. At yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. So where, where are you now? I mean, like, how are you guys funding all of this at this point? Um, so, if, I mean, it'll probably just make more sense when I kind of run a little bit more through the story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Then okay. it'll help we ha- kind of stand. Okay, that let's not jump to episode nine. No, let's no, ju- no, no, let's stay episode, episode three. <laughs> episode three, all right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Netflix Saturdays. Let's yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, we, we, as we mentioned, uh, we extend the system to then be essentially a career guidance solution, right? Supporting grade eight all the way to grade you know, 12 of, hey, what career paths you can consider, right? And we got to 2016 at this point in time. We had, didn't really grow as aggressively as we wanted to. We got to like 10,000 users at that point in time. Mm. Right, um, we actually had one at the end of 2015, the SAB innovation competition, which was kind of a way for us to get some money in, mm. give us a small amount, about 600k, to kind of okay build out. I remember that, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. our first, you know, full-time dev, woohoo, mm. and you know, start building out a team. Um, and we also got our first angel investment at that point in time mm. as well. So it was like, okay, look, we leverage this, you know, ca- uh, this competition money with uh, investors saying, hey, investor, you know, there's some market which is interesting, obviously, you know, funding us and moving us forward. How about you come into back of us and go on the journey with us mm. as we try and pack this bigger yeah. problem? Cool. So 2016, we're sitting there thinking, okay, guys, we've built this thing out. Yeah, users are using it, but we're not moving as fast as we'd like to move, and we just need more funding, right, mm. to kind of test this thing out and see how much further we can take it. Also, shout out to you guys for going with it for four years. Like, this game is so psychotic that, like, it's, yeah, it's extremely brutal. Yeah. That... Like, I always say staying power is one of the most impressive things in the world. It's just like, it's so fucking hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially to someone like yourself. Like your finance, electrical, engineering grad. Yo, McKinsey, you pay you the stacks, fam. They would be paying you. <laughs> and yeah. when are you there toiling away in sorrow <laughs> for the entrepreneurship <laughs> dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then we met up with the Michael and Susan Bell Foundation. They have an interesting, like, mandate. Where they really the Michelson, Michael and Susan Dow Foundation. So Dow, Dow, Dow. Oh, oh, Dow Computers. Okay, yes, oh, yeah. yes, so yes. Michael yeah, yeah, Dow yeah. and his wife. Yeah, Dow yeah, 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 yeah. India, US, yeah. And South Africa. And they rival the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, Foundation yeah. Wars, son. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah. just the ethos and the team there. My goodness, like just they're really about like how do you solve the problem systemically okay so they're like they, w- they get in the mix yeah they get in the mix it's, it's really yeah. exciting and they've been yep one of our biggest you know partners through this journey hectic so they came hectic. in like we love this yeah uh, we want to see how we can move it forward right so they gave us a target say look within a year um we'll give you essentially a grant um to reach two po- what uh, to reach excuse me reach 75,000 users right at the same time you know figure out how you can find a repeatable business model yeah. through, 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 through this particular um, opportunity. And what we care about is that the students will get access, primarily rural students will get access to the solution and be able to make better decisions moving forward. Mm. And exciting year, interesting war stories, interesting lessons learned as well about you know, reaching out to rural communities and working with them. And just how, dis, dis, how, how, how basically big the information asymmetry is in South Africa. So think of it this way, we went to a, um, a career, career fair which was set up by a church. Mm. So at that fair, kids were asked to come uh, dressed as what they'd want to do when they grow up, right? Once they, you know, matriculate and all that. Do you want to take a guess what the most ambitious career the boys dressed as? Doctor or priest? That's high. Wow. Okay. That's Minor? Still, I would say that's still high relative to it, but from a certain categories. So the most yeah. ambitious career was a soldier. Hectic. 
the standard was a car guard for petrol attendants. Wow. That was a standard. That was an ambition. That was the ambition. Okay. And they've used that, well, that's what we see. The guys who make money are the guys who work as car guards and petrol attendants. The guys who, you know, if you're a little bit more ambitious, a little bit more confident, you look at, well, the soldiers. They come in and out with their uniforms, so we've seen them as, you know, a bit far out. I'm not yeah. sure if Alpha want to be that person. For the girls, you want to take a guess what they, on average, wanted to be. Without getting cancelled, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, <clears throat> you know, I say, I say this, obviously, in the same on the fact that that's what it was at that point in time. So they said they wanted to become mothers, right? I was like, well, okay, cool. Okay, government grant money. Okay, yeah, exactly. Because the people who earn the most were people who, were had, people kids. who had kids via the grant. Okay, pause. Can I ask a very problematic? I'm gonna sound like an old white guy question. Sure. Do you find this is a consistent theme throughout the country, or were certain pockets of the country more aware than others? Was there a correlation between economic activity within your province and um, availability of information, or was it just like? Once you get past city limits, it's just the same bullshit everywhere you go. Um, it's just about, it's, it's, it does have a little bit of both. So what you mentioned, it's economic opportunity, how busy the economic activity is within your area, and then obviously what you ultimately be exposed to, how far out of your So there's a correlation township, there. Yeah, so okay. whether outside of the township or where you go to be exposed to what's going on, yeah, yeah, that yeah. does help. There are some social dynamics to also consider. So I may you know, travel to Santon on a regular basis, uh, and I'm a child from Alex. Correct. But it's I'm much easier to know to get that doctors <coughs> exist. It is, but I may not also be connecting as I'm driving that, you know, Catherine onto West. Connecting, oh, here's Alex Forbes. I wonder what Alex Forbes does. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not part of the way I'm going to think about the mm. problem. It's not that I'm incapable of it. Not at all. It's just not part of the way I think about the problem. Correct. Just because that's not what we do. Uh, you also at the point in your life where you have the most impressionable brain possible. Basically. Because I think even as a child you're impressionable, but I think when you get into teenager it's a lot more toxic because you're impressionable to everything. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whereas like a five-year-old, if I tell a five-year-old, you know, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z, they're still defaulting very aggressively to mom and dad and nursery school teacher as mm -hmm. their primary influences. Mm -hmm. But then as a kid gets older, when you reach that like teen era, yeah, yeah. like now you've got mom, dad, teachers, all your friends, mm. all the guys are older than you, all the guys are even older than you, mm. the social media guys that you follow, like yeah, yeah. Your, 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 your basket of influences now dramatically diversifies mm -hmm. and makes it almost impossible to tell the difference between signal and noise. Sure, but yeah. I mean, the interesting about, especially teenagers, the, the most important thing to them is their social circles from their friends. Okay, so the homies. Yeah, Fuck, the homies. and that's fucked up though, dude, because like, if you're just going to a shitty environment, school, then, like, <laughs> you're just going to absorb shitty environment friends. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Or yes. even worse, if you have some kind of, like, genetic mutation that, like, puts you into a high social ranking, mm. but, like, that social ranking comes with gigantic flaws. Mm -hmm. So, like, i.e., um, I always think back to, like, uh, high school, when I was mm -hmm. in high school, mm -hmm. and I had puberty just really early, mm -hmm. and I was, like, pretty much of a size when I was mm -hmm. 14, right? Mm -hmm. So, like... Rugby just was relatively easy mm. because I was just big, yeah, just you know, and like yeah. yeah, and also like I'm good at sports and mm. I like sports, mm. but like you know, I'm fucking camp, mm. you know, and like I'm like very very queer, mm. so like <laughs> you know, it was very awkward mm. being in the rugby team, being like, oh man, I really want to watch Ali McBeal tonight. Everyone's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like nothing. Mm. I want to mm. watch like porn, you know, <laughs> sure. I because like you. I was like, man, mm. I just want to do like gay shit all day. Mm. And like none of my rugby friends wanted to do it. Mm. So I end up having all these rugby friends who mm. are like morons mm. and like 
I'm like, but I want to go hang out with the gay kids, mm. but I can't because of this mutation. Sure. Well, also just because like mm. the social mm. credit of rugby mm. is so much higher than just being a normal gay kid yeah, or yeah. a queer kid. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, fuck that. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna. You know, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna pass. Mm, mm, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like it's, it's almost like the way that like mixed race and colored people mm. can like you know pretend to be white. Mm. I was pretending to be straight when I was okay. passing, but that was like the worst decision I could have made. I shouldn't mm. hang out with my gay friends because mm. that's why I ended up in the end. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So so yeah, so it's it's really wild. Sorry, mm. carry on. So kids' biggest influence about their social circle. Yeah. So so that's that's just how young people are, um, and only really once they get a little bit older do they then kind of think differently. <coughs> about your, what their parents have to say, what their teachers have to say. And it also depends as well, do you actually have good teachers in your environment or not? Can I throw out another one there? Sure. That I think that I've recently, as a massive advocate of therapy, have found out, and just working with younger people as mm -hmm. well. Like mental health plays a huge role in this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, you, if you, you, you just have a high school experience that supports your mental health and like development of it, you have an infinitely higher chance of succeeding in high school and varsity and so on and so forth than kids who don't try. So it's all good and well. Hey, I'm gonna send my kid to St. David's, mm -hmm. for instance, right? Very expensive, lucrative mm -hmm. school, mm -hmm. all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm never gonna speak to my kid because I'm always gonna be working. My wife's never gonna speak to my kid because mm -hmm. she's always gonna be working. Mm -hmm. And um, we're gonna put an extreme amount of pressure on this kid to succeed. Mm -hmm. And he's gonna succeed and then like he's gonna kill himself. Mm. Or he's just gonna like have this extreme amount of anxiety and isolation and loneliness. Mm. And then like he gets to varsity, mm. you know, and like he does well relatively. And then he gets mm -hmm. to like the working world and he does well. Mm. And then like he's 28 and he hangs himself. And he's like, why? This guy was so fine. It's like, no, he wasn't fine. Mm. He was just like hanging on the whole time. Mm. And then eventually when you're 28, he's like, fuck this, I can't hang on any longer. Mm -hmm. And like I think way too many parents, especially black parents, discount that. Like, what's the point of sending your kid through these like really illustrious, exclusive environments if the kid's just gonna end up killing themselves? I, I guess for them, they felt that by putting you through that environment which they didn't have, and by breaking their backs in corporate SA or in their own businesses or whatever it may be, mm. that that for them is the ultimate sacrifice. And that true, for them true, is, true, is, true, is true, how, true. how they open the door for you. I completely empathize mm. with their short-sightedness. Mm. Like deeply, deeply, mm. you know what I mean? In the same way that like, um, I'm trying to think of another example of that. Like, it, it's almost like it's almost like I, I empathize with like a, a woman or a man trying to lose weight who exercises mm. eight times a week. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you're so desperate, like mm. you want to exercise eight times a week, mm. but then like you're eating candy. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like you just need to take a more holistic approach to the problem yeah. because you can send your kids to a cheaper school and have a stronger influence on their lives and they'll be more successful than sending them to an expensive school where you have less of influence in their lives. Which touches on kind of broader, we'll, we'll touch on it as we go along, but the mm. broader issue of just the information asymmetry even for the parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to derail you here because here's the really interesting question I want to ask then. Yeah. What the fuck is education? Because it's such a rare and unique thing in our society. Mm -hmm. Nothing else has this amount of capital, attention, concentration, and energy applied to it. Mm -hmm. But that has such fundamentally perverted and like problematic outcomes. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't think of anything, maybe barring politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's education and politics mm -hmm. that has this amount of attention and this amount of structural limitations that doesn't allow it to like get there. Mm -hmm. And like that always freaks me out because I'm like. Wow, 
like it's easier to get to Mars than it is to fix education, you know? N not because like getting to Mars is easy, it's because mm -hmm. like no one's gonna get in the way of you getting to Mars. With education, there's a bully around every corner, you mm -hmm. know? Mm. And it just fucks me up. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm hijacking your story. Please carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'll touch on the information asymmetry that it affects kind of everyone. And yeah, so let's, you're talking about parents also have information asymmetry. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you kind Fuck, of. Fuck, that's amazing. You're that's kind fascinating. Of thinking yeah. that, you know, a parent, just a normal parent in their nature, mm. they view as how do I help my child, son, daughter, you know, however way they want to identify, my, my child succeed. Correct. Right. How do I ultimately help them succeed? How do I help them achieve their dreams? Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, some parents may be a little bit more hands-on, you know? Uh, the, what do they call them? Like the helicopter, helicopter parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are like, you know what? You will become my doctor. Mm. You will become my, you know, uh, computer scientist. You will become this. You mm. will become that. Right? But even them, uh, this is the parents I've got to interact and work with, even them, if the child is, just has no affinity, no desire, no interest in that, and the child just says, look, I just want to be a uh, copywriter. I want to be within the social media space, you know, curating campaigns for, for, for businesses. They're like, you know what, if this is what's going to make you happy, if this is going to make you feel like you are adding value to the world, I will take a step back of my dreams for you and take your dreams as my own and help you succeed in that, right? So that's like the normal parent. That's what a parent does. That's mm. how a parent thinks about things, right? Now, the parent is doing the best with what they know to do and what they have available to them and what their networks as a parent has suggested to them. So for me, it's also by chance. The only reason I went to the high schools and the primary schools I went to is literally because my mom would talk to an older woman who's taken her kids through similar schools and has made quick recommendations to her and said, you know what? Fuck. Okay. I think you must take Lebo to this school because this is what it's going to do for Lebo. You know what? Uh, my dear Le Lebo has nice potential. Take a personal sacrifice. Do what you got to do. Take him to this private school. It will do him best. It happened mm. to do me best. But... If my mom hadn't had that conversation, didn't have those people, they wouldn't have been possible. Or even better, like your mom is educated, period, right? That that is the case. That helps. That's um, part of the privilege, I might say. Like your mom's not in a relationship with a dickbag who's like beating her up. No. Also helps. Yeah. There's something you're right. I see what you mean by the lottery format of this entire game now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So 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 for me, like, okay, my my dad is a medical doctor. Right. Yeah, my mom is a is a professor, is a physics professor, right? Yeah, okay. So you 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 lucked out before you were even born. Yeah, the zygotes was on the best path possible right. for someone of your of your generation. Yes, and um, there's certain things which, for example, my father has never been able to attend like a sports day. Yeah, never been able to um, come to like a parents' evening. That mm. was my mom's gig. Yeah, right. Um, but I didn't particularly take it personally. Mm. I fully understood why. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. me and my dad have like really great relationship. Mm. So it's it's kind of like also how does the family structure, how do, do families build themselves up and, you know, create that environment that kids know and are clear and clearly convicted in their hearts that mom and dad truly love me, even though I don't have the, the it, it's the same interpretation of it as my friends may have. Because, you know, some of my private school friends would get, you know, dads coming through to every single rugby game, every mm. single soccer game, every single... Uh, cricket game, whatever it may be. I don't quite have that, but I didn't feel like, ah, I'm at a deficit, I'm at a loss. But, 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 but mm. I mean, like, let's also, like, let's also forgive children for still desiring that, no, even when I they I don't un they understand that it's not possible. Yeah, I don't think it should, we should forgive children. I think it's like, look, 
just as parents, as we should just as much as possible, you know, make it clear to the child that you know we do care and we are trying. But Salah, I'm not disputing that, yeah. but I'm saying, even if your parent says to you, mm. "Lebs, I can't make it because mm. I'm sacrificing this," mm. we have a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we have a good relationship. Even then, mm. you can't. You shouldn't be victimized or you shouldn't be shamed. Because you want to, no, that you shouldn't. Your, be your dad wants. No. You want your dad. You even though you dad. know yeah, your dad yeah, yeah, yeah. can't be there. Yeah, yeah. No, Wanting your dad there is not a problem. No, that's not a problem at all. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. No. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's just. I guess for me, just how does life kind of unfold for each and every single one of us? You have such different ways in which life unfolds, where we interpret the world, where we interpret situations. And education very much is the canvas for that a lot. Pretty much. It I is. mean, think of it this way, right? No, it is. It You're is. gonna spend eight hours a day as a child in school. Mm. There are many eight hours with your parents, many eight hours sleeping. If you're lucky, it's at eight hours yeah, with your parents. Yeah, if you're lucky, it's yeah. eight hours with your parents. But I mean, for trying to break the day down, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of the ideal context. So there's a lot of time spent in school. A lot sure of influence in, in school. Enormous. And a lot of, um, what's the word? So a lot of your experiences, the way you're going to frame your worldview yeah. comes yeah. from school. Yeah, in fact, right. I mean, like, you can hear it in our accents. It's, it's not our fault. Like, I always, I've, I've got this bit I do in my stand-up comedy where I talk about, like, the first day when I got St. John's. Mm. And then they'd have black kids say hello. And, like, the one black kid was like, hello, mm. bum shapi. Mm. And the next one, they said, hello, mm. bum shapi. Mm. And so eventually it got to me, and I was like, goodness gracious, good morning. They were like, oh, well done, well done. And, you know, you're like, mm. you've got the accent, mm. right? So, so, and then after that, like, the other black kids are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, what? How do you sound like a white person? And I'm mm. like, oh, well. Have you heard of Dali Tambo? Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I was like, well, like, you know, but what I'm saying, like, you, 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 you dramatically discount what that, what that experience does to frame a child's entire existence. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. But, okay, let's, let's take away from the social politics of it all. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. as you can see, this is a whole rabbit trail that this can go into. It's a canvas. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that's, that's what I'm trying to notice more and more is that you are a human being that mm -hmm. is a canvas that has bumps as a consequence of genetics, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and then the nurture, or the, the that's your nature, and then mm -hmm. the nurture is, is going to be expressed primarily through education because that is your, that's your number one hobby. Yeah. It's the number one thing you do. That's mm -hmm. your job, all right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. carry on. So, we left 2017, 2016, 2017, 2016, you get the Dell money. Yeah. You've got to hit 75,000 years. Yeah. All right, now we're in 2017 now. Yeah. Okay, so top of the crypto market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting time, interesting time. So Level leaves crazy now to start a crypto <laughs> company. Yeah. Um, so, 2017, we're, we're trying to figure out how to reach out to students, and it's, that's when I was telling you about the Career Expo went to yeah. with, with, with those scenarios. The soldiers. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> So we, we realized as you know, more and more users were coming in, the way they used the solution wasn't the way we were expecting them to use it, especially as more and more mm. got, got a hold of it. They'd have very heavy bouts of usage, meaning I'd sit for eight hours, 16 hours, just nonstop on the system, mm. basically till I figure out what it is I want to do. Then my usage is going to stop dramatically. Experts, right? No. So it's not a consistent like okay, step by step by step by step. Okay, what was getting that? some content. What you realize is kind of a, a bout of okay, I'm motivated today as a student, and I just want to figure this thing out. So I'm going to explore as much as I can. I'm going to oh, look at as much snap. as I can. Oh snap! You're looking at the problem the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. 
because instead of seeing this as a lifelong journey, you're looking mm. at this as like a box to tick. A box because to tick. our education system is good at ticking boxes, yeah. not at good at like uh, evolution of thinking and evolution exactly of like that too. consumption. But the journey of a career, it's, it's a journey, like it's a process. Uh, That's what it is. But the student doesn't get that. The student's just like, well, maybe I have a, an assignment due, or I need to figure this thing out now because I need to finish my applications soon because deadlines. VIT is closing on the 30th of June. Correct. And he's decide. So, so, so th this, this, this psychopathic like, um, application process filters all the way down. Yeah, yeah. So Vitz's insanity filters all the way down to the student in grade eight, essentially. It just becomes part of the system. And I mean, from grade eight to grade nine, grade nine, you have to select the subjects. Those force you in a particular paradigm, right? That force you in terms of these are the paths you will now be able to pursue within this campus. So then put it this way, right? Yeah. If you no, no, I get, I get, I, I get everything that you're just saying. Yeah. I'm just thinking about how there's all these, there's all these like make or break moments. Yes. In your life. Yes. And th like your grade nine and your matric are two massive make or breaks. And my my immediate like first thought is, grades match is a grade nine product, not a matric product. Because if you solve the grade nine problem, then you have a lot less matric problems to solve later on. Yes. Yeah. If the market wants it at that level. <laughs> <laughs> Why doesn't the market want it at that level? Because the market is not always ready, uh, both at a schooling level and at a market level. Like parents, like, okay, I'm willing to pay early for this thing, for a potential outcome, which I'll only really get to see the benefits of in five, ten. Uh, but you got you just spent 15 years raising this, this terrorist called <laughs> your child, right? Yeah. And so, like, you're telling me you can't see three years into the future? Yeah. Come on, dude. That's the most absurd shit I've ever heard in my entire so life. So, you, you, you'd rather buy something which is just, like, a once-off intervention. Hence, you get, like, psychometric assessment or subject selection oh, assessment. Oh, fuck. And I'm seeing it all now. They, Man, they I'm being triggered that. by this crap. They buy that. And then, you know, sure, child at least has some view. Not to take away from what the psychologists do, because there are some of our partners. They do make sense, right? But it's a process. That's my argument. And our psychology partners also get it that it's a process, not a one-off intervention. So even as psychologists, they'd say, look, we can show you a view of your personality at this point in time, but it's not definitive of who you'll be in five years' time. This is the most fucking depressing shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, man, this is our space. That's not but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's this so... Is, this, this is, this is I our was space. gonna have a great day today, <laughs> but now I'm just gonna rest my day sitting here thinking, oh, fuck, man. Ah, oh, this problem is more, like, complex, complex. than I thought it was. It's highly complex. And, like, once again, like, that problem that the parents have there's just, it's almost like you, it's almost like um, I was speaking to Sibs mm. the other day. I had mm. him on my podcast. Mm. And Sibs like points at like helped me see quite clearly that uh, the cannabis space, mm. every single kind of business you can think of is doable in the cannabis space because mm. there's so much opportunity. There's mm -hmm. so much work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And like education is starting to sound exactly the same in my mind now. Because yeah, yeah. it's like, I want to start a business that just focus on the grade nine like version. There's like a billion nine opportunity there. Yeah. You know, I want to focus on the grade seven opportunities. A billion. Yeah. I want to focus on the grade like there's all these billion nine opportunities that like because education is so poor. Mm. But motherfuckers are spending hundred thousand rand a year to educate their kids. Mm. How insane is that? That's why I'm saying like education is such a wild thing mm. because in no other industry would you spend that kind of money mm -hmm. and still accept shitty results. Mm. Except politics. 
You say it. I did. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> the disclaimer is all me. When they, the secret police come, they just come into my house, not Lance's house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so where were we? Okay. So we figured that, well, you highlighted, you know, parents, or that it should be great that people start earlier, right? Uh, that grades must be a grade nine problem, right? And that's actually how we do think about it, and we still do think about it that way, that the sooner we start, the better, right? However, it's more just about, but is the parent or the school willing for us to start that early? Fuck. Right? But now, so if, it, so it can't be something which is self-driven, right? So if you think about it, the way the students are structured, right, there's the 5% who are self-motivated, who will drive their own agenda, figure out, you know, what they want to do, do their own research, all that. And if you remember also in like high school, there was this small population who was just like, look, figure out, they'll figure out. Don't you worry about them. They're kind of just on autopilot. Even the parents are like, what help do I need to give you? Like, nah, don't worry, I got this, because they're moving. But the majority of young people is that they need some help, they need some support. It's not about whether you're performing at the top end or not. It's more just about, are you mature yet? Do you yeah, have the maturity? And, and, and let's, 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 let's preface that correctly and like, disclaimer. That's not to say that the top kid in a grade is on autopilot. It's not to say that the last kid in the grade is on autopilot. No. Some kids were just on autopilot, right? Like, um, my brother was in the same grade as Chris Froome, mm. the, the cyclist mm. for um, the Tour de France, yeah. <laughs> which is happening right now. Mm. Um, and uh, Chris Froome knew he was going to be a cyclist. Mm. Like, Chris Froome would cycle from Houghton to Midran, like, every day, pretty much. Mm. And, like, there was no debate in his mm. mind. There was, mm. like, there was a handful of dudes like that. Like, my brother had not, like, I, there was a few guys I went to school with mm. who were just, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. There's no debate. Mm. There's not even, like, I'm curious. It's like, mm. nope, this is it. Mm. You know, yeah. Mm. Scary, scary. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, given that, you know, most students still need that structure and that supportive environment, they're not going to kind of run on, the, on their own because um, there's just other more interesting things to think about. Education mm. is not always fun, if we can be frank about it. Right? Really ever is it fun. Right, you know. so I'd rather, you know, I'd rather spend time with my friends. I'd rather play video games. I'd rather be chilling with my mates. I'd rather be doing something totally different yeah. than thinking about careers or thinking about, you know, where I want to go in the or future. Yeah, or grappling with, like, the existential global crisis around the climate. Mm. That means that the world that I'm existing in now might not exist within, might not exist in the next 10 years. Mm. So, like, what's the point of it? Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I, when I speak to a lot of the Gen Z babes, mm. I get that sometimes, and I'm like, God, depressing as fuck, son. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, where's your optimism, B? Mm -hmm. Like, shit, haven't you seen the Avengers? Like, they sure. eventually kill Thanos, B, come on, B! You know? Finger snap, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do it to him, yeah. We'll do it, we'll do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come through, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what we then did is that we, we, we figured a way with the, Marcus Mubel Foundation that, okay, um, well, let me first touch on this point. So we got to 75,000 youth, yeah. right, that we achieved as a target. We also, you know, through figuring out the race commercial model, realized that the probably the most palatable commercial model isn't um, an HR-based model where we're helping you find bursary candidates. It isn't uh, a B2C model with parents where they pay for the service. It's actually a B2C. Okay, wait, take a step back. So it's not an HR model. We're helping you find bursary candidates because okay. we can sit with the population. If you look at the top bursary students from rural townships, well, we have them, mm. right? So we'd help you with that. But that wasn't quite that wasn't really a meaningful model, uh, one that will bring real money for us, right? The second model was the B two C model, where the parent repairs for the service directly. The market wasn't that ready for that type of model. Um, the people understood the problem better with the schools. Uh, but from outside as well, the schools, the buying cycle was just taking way too long. 
So NSF's like, well, cool. We can pay for schools which can't afford, and we can, you know, test that as a model. Like, cool, let's do that. And we got a uh, partnership with the Western Cape Department, Gauteng uh, Department to basically support 15,000 learners mm -hmm. over, you know, 2018, 2019 um, per year, right, in a schooling format. So we then essentially took the system one step further and we created now what we call Grades Match Learn, right, which is our st curriculum structured approach to life orientation. Now, I'll take a step back to explain to you, like, life orientation and how much time has been ded dedicated to career guidance. So historically, we used to have a subject back in, like, the early 90s, the parents' time, called guidance, right, mm, which mm. is basically dedicated to career counseling. Career allo, guidance. allo. No, it was just guidance. It was okay. independent of allo. Oh. It was just guidance. Okay, it's like what they have on the stage, like a guidance counselor. Yeah, but it was a, like a full-on subject. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, full-on yeah. focus area, right? And be exposed, the guidance counselor, the basically teachers incentivized to you know, go deeper into, in terms of these things. Then curriculum changed and we then went into what we now call ALO because they, they wanted to ensure that students get exposure of a little bit of all the other things. So be it sports, some guidance on sexual health, some guidance on you know, career guidance, yeah? But when you now put all these things together and put it into one subject called LO, then obviously the amount of time you're spending decreases <sighs> per item. Yeah. Right? So in other words, guidance now has to also compete against like why you shouldn't be a rapist. And these are two different courses altogether. Or just your physical health, so why we need to have PE. Yeah, but I'm saying like <laughs> I don't want to be in the same class where they discuss the politics of sexual violence mm. with like what's courses I should be taking yeah. in grade 10, 11, and 12. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's not the same. It's, it's like, it's why you shouldn't do sexual violence and, and PE make perfect sense? Because mm. it's physical education. Sure. But like, PE and why you should be an actuary and not an electrical engineer should mm. not be in the same what that group. Mm. Yeah. yeah, let alone course. So, so the amount of time, when we did just that calculation, the amount of time that a student gets per year to focus on career guidance um, went obviously from a full exposure of like you get, you know, yeah, full course exposure mm -hmm. to about 16%, or actually less than 10% of the allo curriculum mm. yeah, per year is spent on career guidance, mm. right? So that, that created its own challenges um, as well. And now you know how it is, right? So even students will tell you, young students will tell you, teachers will tell you that, well, if we ever need to grab time from the curriculum because we're running behind in maths or running behind in English, running behind in other courses, where are we going to pull it from? I Shout know. out to COVID as well, right? That's, that's its own... No, I'm just piece. saying like, yeah, like I'm, I'm saying like now I'm looking at this problem fundamentally differently because mm. uh, in a very I'm a white person apartheid kind of way, mm. you know, like the problem doesn't bother me. So, you know, mm. like when COVID kicked and like all these kids were stuck at home and not going to school, I remember my one partner at the time, her son was in the trick. Mm. And I was just like, I'm just going to ignore this, mm. you know? And then now I look back on it, and like my business partner's sister was in first year varsity, second year varsity. Mm. And she's now finishing varsity this year. And she's just drinking her life away. Mm. No, sorry, I take that back. She's not drinking her life away. She's having a good time mm. for the first time mm. because the last three years have denied her that. So mm. if you got into grade eight and two, wow, Jesus Christ. They should almost give them like two extra years of school. Well, I mean, they wouldn't have had that much teaching time anyway. But I'm just yeah, saying, no, 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 what I mean though is that like, 
if I was, so let's say class of 2000, so I came to grade in 2000, yeah. right? I'm out in 2024, right? Mm -hmm. 2020. To what, you, you were I, born? So I, I know I'm in grade eight in 2020. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm meant to be matriculating in 2024. Okay. Right? Uh, yes, that's okay. correct, yeah. So you look at that problem now, my staff and I go, oh, these kids should be matriculating in 2026. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because fine, they might have learned all the things that you needed to learn, mm -hmm. but they missed out on the most crucial part of the high school experience, mm -hmm. which is like the awful nature of just dealing with other teenagers. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm. It seemed to lend to a phone sounds extremely dangerous. Yep. Okay, carry on. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so that creates this terrible situation where it sounds like information asymmetry is what you do for a living. Yeah. Or prevention and yeah. information. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. That's actually like one of the core values. Like how do we contextualize data to help people make better decisions? Okay, I've got a question for you. Mm. I was watching a documentary with, um, about BBC Planet Earth. You know mm. BBC Planet Earth's yeah, documentary? Yeah. yeah. And I was watching it with one of the executive producers mm. and like it's this white dude who's just like full like, he's like the most feral human being I've ever come across in my mm. entire life. Like he's like, he's like Bear Grylls with the real mm. life version. Mm, mm, mm. And like he's huge into conservation. Mm. And like they asked him like, yo man, you know, you're like saving buffaloes from being like, you know, um, poached and mm. like, you know, protecting brown bears. How did you come work on planet Earth? You know? mm. And he was like, all the work I did mm -hmm. as a conservationist is like a 50th or a 100th of the work that I can do as a film producer. Mm. Because the, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'll try to find the link to this, mm. uh, this article and this video, but mm -hmm. he said the greatest accelerant in funding for wildlife conservation was not some kind of individual or some kind of policy. Mm. It was the advent of HD television. Mm. He's like, you track, this is how many HD televisions there are in the world. This mm. is what the funding looks like. Mm. As soon as the HD televisions do this, mm. like the funding does this as mm. well. Mm. So. One, first and foremost, like shout out to you for A, sticking to this path, right? Mm. B, for giving me the time to talk about this mm. on a Saturday at seven o'clock in the morning, mm. shout out. But I think your biggest problem right now is you need to get a microphone because none of the issues that you're describing here are very easy to even understand as a non-parent or as non-student. Yeah. And the problem there then is that like, in our infinite battle to like try transform this country yeah. and the, the continent as a whole, there's way too many of us are chasing all of the wrong things in all the wrong ways because mm -hmm. we also have information asymmetry. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm gonna say this out loud, but Grades Match needs to make a documentary as soon as possible, like a 10 part series in South African education. Because the, the issue here is that like, what you're saying right now, sure, like maybe a few thousand, maybe like, let's say, this podcast does really fucking well, right? Mm. And it does like half a million like um, listens, mm. right? A lot of people are gonna go, oh shit, I didn't understand this problem the way I did. Mm. But like in the, in the hierarchy of what, what does Elon Musk call it? He calls it uh, limbic resonance. Mm. DVD is much better, mm. right? Because now your shit's in HD, looking mm. all fresh, fresh mm. cut. Guys mm. are like, yo, in Mila now, I wanna be just like Lib. Mm. You know, <laughs> they're getting the message. Yeah. So I'm saying like, we haven't even got to like <laughs> the Department of Education and like its dramatic failures and inabilities, right? And like sad too, and like, like you could do entire like 10, 10 episode documentary, right? On like education mm. from like 
Angie moment in Mocheha decided to, to like where these problems lie and why they lie the way that they do. Mm. And even with 10 episodes, you'd still be missing something. It's complex. That's well, it's not cool. just that it's complex. It's also like the information asymmetry you're referring to. Mm. It's that this information asymmetry problem extends past education. Because mm. now I'm going to go impregnate someone, make a baby, and then like six years later, it's got to get into the education system. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ah, fuck, where do I start? You know mm. what I mean? Mm. And, and then like, now I'm going on my own personal journey with yeah. my partner, yeah. whoever they are. Mm -hmm. And then like, we are going to go through this whole journey, essentially via the way that you and I went through this mm -hmm. journey with our parents. Mm. And like, we're going to look at sources and look at information. Mm. But like, no one has a wall-sized poster of education to say, explain mm. all of this. Mm. And the closest thing you can come to right now in the world that we have today is making a wall-sized poster in the form of a, like a long-form documentary. Mm. Because then that way, at least I can go, oh, this is why I have so many un unemployees. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Th this is why we have so, like, so many issues at universities. And mm. so, like there's so many like, oh, moments that I've had through this chat that I'm just like, this is a waste of my time. You should make a documentary. <laughs> like, fuck my stupid podcast. Like, who gives a shit about this yeah. crap, right? I, I guess the, the sad part is that we're still, we're still starting in this conversation so far. We're literally still starting. No, we haven't we're even still, got to today. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're still in 2017. Yeah, yeah, we're still, we're still in the early phase. Okay, let's get back to the story. But you need to make a documentary. Okay, sure. so, so it's 2017. And if you'd allow it, I'm sure we can continue going. Yeah, yeah, allowed. let's keep going. Let's, let's keep, keep going. going. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's 2017. Cool. So we... Okay, so 2017, we've, we've, we've reached that milestone with MSDF. We're like now going to support the schools, yeah. uh, rural and township schools, partnership with the Western Cape Department and with the Gauteng Department, uh, 15,000 schools, 15,000 learners, excuse me, per year mm. uh, to do this pilot. Uh, the view is ready to showcase that this can be done at scale with uh, you know, a win or an outcome being that, hey, let's, let's, let's showcase this. The department can then come on board with some form of financial support in the, in the years, years that precede that. Right, because that's that's the situation you do. You leverage someone else's money, um, generally a philanthropy or a donor type play to say, look, can this thing work in the market? We'll do it as a pilot. Department doesn't have to pay; just have to provide people, hmm. right, and schools. And then on proving it and sharing results with you, can we figure out how we can actually spread this out and, and spread the love to more students? That's essentially the model um, of how you get solutions into the edu education system, right? Because the department is the biggest procurer of education in any country. Mm, mm, they mm, are mm. the biggest procurers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, we go into the model. We, you know, start deploying it. Uh, very interesting results. Very interesting impact, which is which is experienced by students. Right. So we had, due to you know being in the philanthropic space and CSI type of space, you, you have to have very sophisticated models to measure was what you were doing making a difference or not, right? Which is kind of a nice way to even advance your thinking as an entrepreneur. Because yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're thinking, sure, you know, what's my revenue, what's my profit, what's my margin, what are the things that I'm doing to drive that? But now, when you think deeper on impact and, you know, what's the effect, you're now thinking, well, is the effect now going to help our business continue in the, not just this year, but the following year and the year mm. after and the year after? Because you have a very deep way of thinking about, you know, cause effect and, you know, relationships with students. So we have this model where we looked at three things, right? So one is career awareness. Our students through our interventions now are aware of, you know, 
broader possibilities, broader options. So both from a self-reported standpoint, qualitative, that ah, I do have more options, but quantitative, we can measure how many options do you actually explore in the system. And we're able to see that, well, you went on day one only being aware of, you know, these last three years. But having been through the ecosystem, you measured way more careers, actually, you've been exposed to way more careers. We can see, you know, did you have definitive and meaningful time to actually understand where these careers are? That's career awareness. Then the second measure is subject selection. Are you now aware of the impact that the subjects you select have on your future prospects, right? Um, do you know that if you select these specific subjects, this percentage of careers now disappear? They're no longer even considerable to you, right? If you had you know, dreams of studying at this institution, because you take away the subject, it's impossible. And, and I mean, that's like, if you think of it socially, that's just like a really sad outcome. That you have students still today figuring out a matric that, shucks, I can't you know, pursue a degree in the health sciences because I dropped maths in mm. grade nine. Mm. Mm. And they, for mm. the first time in matric, where basically your performance matters at that point in time, because that's what's going to open you up to everything else, that's when you realize that it's impossible. Mm. 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 Right? So, Jesus. That's your subject selection piece. Then the last piece is opportunity preparedness. So now having you know, been aware of your subjects, been aware of your careers, are you now prepared to you know, apply for these opportunities? Are you now prepared to take on these opportunities? Are you now prepared to basically move forward and make the right decisions? Or the decisions that are most optimal for you, right? So right decision is not that every child must choose maths. No, the right decision is based on how you understand these things, are you making that decision related to it? If you tell us, no, I'm going to select these subjects, do you actually select those subjects? Or within three months, four months, in grade 10, you realize, ah, oh, shucks, all my friends are in the math select club. I know I want to become a medical doctor, but I want to be my friends. So I'm going to drop maths to go be with my friends. And then I'm going to drop my dream. My friends won't be there when I'm not, you know, succeeding. It won't, it's, it's not going to affect them the way they No, them. but I mean, like, at the same time, let's also not shame, like, 14-year-old that wants to do that, or 15-year-old wants to do that, because we're not teenagers anymore. Yep. But we both remember how the extreme, extreme the exactly. desire is to, to be, be around your friends. And also to have social like acceptance. Yeah, yeah. That's important. It's, like, it's, important it's almost like it's almost like I, I had a lot of I had a lot of weird friends and I was mm. part of the weird kids in school for a long mm. time. And I remember like I used to be alone a lot. And I remember once having a teacher being like like, Why why do you like to be alone? And I was yeah. like, I I guess I just like being alone and she was mm. like worried. Like and I was like why are you so worried about me being alone? She was like, because like, that's like not normal. Mm. Human beings want to be social. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. I was like, mm. damn, I'm not a human being then, I guess. You know? <laughs> Just a big old gorilla. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And okay. I mean, it touches on what you highlighted at the beginning, right? That mm. the, a, a, a student's or young person's, the most important thing is that social acceptance. Yeah. That, that's super important. Mm. Uh, yeah, not, not to shame anyone for sure, but I guess it's just important that the facts are there. Yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. you know, the truth is there so that you can make an informed decision for yourself mm. and not have it happen to that, ah, I wish I knew. Because I think that's, that's even more unfortunate, right? Not having enough information to make a good decision. Which yeah. is not best for you. And that's later being like, ah, I have all these regrets. Which is now going to add to what you're touching on, mental health dynamics, right? Ah, but fam, I'm talking about even <laughs> before the regrets. It's a lie. Like, if you're being molested, what difference does it make? Like, <laughs> just, like no, who cares? That's just a mess. Right? You know what I'm saying? If you're like, if you like, if you have all these like issues at home, what difference does this shit make? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. I mean, there was a kid I went to school with who was like autistic, mm. 
like just autistic. Mm. And like, he used to get bullied. Mm. And like, we used to tease him and say he was weird and stuff. Mm. And I was like, but this guy's just autistic. He, like, why is no one diagnosing this? Mm. One, because he was black, you know. Two, his mother was essentially a domestic worker. Mm. He got on here on a scholarship. Mm. And all the, everyone was, had a big gun to his head saying, you fucked this up. You know, you're screwing it up for everyone. Mm. And like, the, the kid fucked up. Mm. Because he was autistic, and we were trying to make him unautistic, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so hectic, dude. Yeah. Complex. <laughs> Incredibly complex. I don't even know if it's complex. Because, like, I've dealt with complexity. <laughs> this is no, not even it complexity. Is because it's you're beyond t- complexity. You're touching on so many variables, right? The one variable is okay, academic in nature. Fair variables, understand? And there's different dynamics and different, um, what's the word, approaches that people may have mm. to different academic things. Then there's the social dynamics, which the school doesn't control for, but it affects the outcome of the education. Dramatically, yeah. Dramatically, mm. right? And some social dynamics, we could argue that the school could control for it, bullies in schools. One could argue that, uh, to a certain extent, the school yeah. could control for it. One could argue that. But other social dynamics, such as, you know, yeah, the example you gave of, you know, being abused at home or being neglected at home. Or just being diagnosed whatever. poorly. Yeah, or being as a consequence of resources. Poorly, sure. Yeah. Own dynamics. And that's all part of this thing of, okay, this is how we're going to ensure that this young person is prepared for the future. Yo, it's deep, brah. Yeah, <laughs> we're just on the surface, man. We're just on the surface. We haven't even got to episode two <laughs> yet. <laughs> Shit. So, yeah, we, we, we uncovered exciting stuff. And, I mean, it was a great, great exercise, great, great test. And so, like, after that first, you know, prelim, prelim test run, yeah. that same 7% of our users showed a positive change in behavior or the way they use the system toward those three things we're measuring, right? Which is great, but we're like, we need more data because it's only been a year. Yeah. So we need more data. So with uh, MSDA, we agreed that, cool, we're going to extend this for another year into mm-hmm. now 2020 to do, 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 th- do more stuff, right? And mind you, we're working in rural schools where we, you know, source tablets. We've got our own tablets, about 350-odd tablets that we were working with and taking to these schools. For some of these learners we were working with, it was their first time ever working with a tablet, mm. working on the internet. So some of the stuff we're doing was not part of the mandate of what we were called to do, right? We're now like, okay, teaching computer literacy, mm. just so we can start the process. It added more time to what we had to do, but it was like, okay, this is, this is hectic. Then there was data issues as well, so we had to get our own like Zoom networks and stuff to get things going. Yeah, but come 2020, um, we, well, let me just take another step back. So. Grace Match was a big core focus. But then at that time, prior to that, like in 2018, we started this, this other small project mm. called uh, Bridge. It was basically that, hey, we're going to assist students to apply. So the Trevenor Foundation asked us, hey, can you help our students to apply uh, who are part of kind of the cohort who are getting this Grace Matching experience? We're like, okay, cool. Um, let's put it together. It was 35 students, soon pre chilled. So just students who have not either been through our ecosystem or students who already know what they want to do, just help them to apply. Mm. And that was kind of a different product which we're working on. In 2018 as well, we won Google. Uh, we were the Google Impact Challenge winner for South Africa, which gave us a nice, nice $23,000 grant um, to expand the system and keep on, keep on doing what we're doing. So back to 2020. So 2020 comes. We're now you know, in schools again, uh, supporting them. Hey, come March, mm. you know, that momentous day. When yeah. March 17th, uh, March 21st. Mm. You know, we had our first family meeting. Mm. Yeah, shutting down, 
we'll be at home for what, three weeks. Is it three weeks? Anymore? 21 days. 21 days. 21 days, 21 yeah. Days. Yeah, we'll three be, weeks, 21 we'll, days. We'll, I remember we'll that like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We'll be at home for then that time. You pulled the Uno card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, yeah, so at that point in time, we had literally just grown the team um, from what, give or take 12 to about 27, mm -hmm. right? With the view that the model is to continue being in schools. That was the core, core, core model. But now, with COVID, we can't be in schools. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know how it works. We don't know what it means. Uh, we, we don't want to be part of, you know, a problem in exposing our, our team or, you know, our, our, our young people who are in the schools with, to this through sustained physical interaction. So it created its own complexities. So we then spoke to MSDF and said, look, um, we're not, we're highly unlikely going to be able to go back into schools, right? But what we do know is we have another solution which uh, we could essentially prioritize being bridge to help these students, especially in this time where their families are going to lose income, where their families are going to just be in an even tougher position um, to have access to internet cafes and like they're going to have challenges to apply. We can focus on those schools, from those schools, from the schools that we're working with to assist them to apply to housing opportunities and just unlock, you know, that broader ecosystem for them. MSF was like, okay, cool, let's give it a shot, right? Um, in that year, we literally had to transform the business entirely. So from being school-based, now being pretty much remote and assisting students to apply, mm. right? Um, in, the in that first year, yo, you like there's one of the touching war stories, which is actually like it really, really, really reminds me. So there's one student I remember, um, I was I was helping her. So I give her a quote, like going through her forms and just like her, her data stuff. I was going like, wow, eighty eight six percent average mm. bitches. Mm. Like you want to become medical? No, you don't become medical. You want to become a nurse. Mm. Do you know students who want to be in the health sciences and they perform this well? First protocol, first pr point of contact. I want to become a medical doctor. Mm. But you're not thinking about that. So I was like, yeah. hey, I want to hear, you know, is, is this really what you want? Mm. You know, if it is what you want, I'm happy, you're happy. I'm pretty sure you'll get it. Mm. So I give her a call and just chat, chat through, just chat to her. I'm like, yeah, no, um, I wanted to become a nurse because I thought I wouldn't get in if I applied to be a doctor. But my dream has always been to be a doctor. Mm. Oh, I was like, well no, you definitely stand a good chance mm. of admission and showed her on the system like how it set, how, how, how it was like set. It's like, oh, cool, cool. I'd, I'd absolutely love it. Yeah, let's let's do it. Then I asked her, where have you applied? She's like, no, I haven't really applied. I, I tried my, uh, doing a UC application, but my phone screen's too small. I can't do it. So I gave up on it. I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. Let's take over and then move forward. We took over everything, UC applications, everything. Within two days, she had an offer from UCT. Uh, firm up from UCT for um, a BSc in human, no, human physiology, mm -hmm. right? Then within a month, you had a firm up for medicine. An offer for medicine in this country is very, very, very hard to get by, mm. uh, especially a, uh, an early offer. Mm. And the reason is simple. We have 10 medical schools. Uh, essentially, each of them can take about 200 students a year, right? We do have, you know, over 200,000 students who potentially apply for opportunities, mm. right? So there's less than 1% admission rate. Mm. for medicine. So for you to get in... It's easier to get into UCT and then do a degree and then wait for medicine to open up than it is to get into medicine. Yeah. So but I know a lot of people who did that route, but I know very few people got straight in. Got straight in, yeah. Mm. Uh, and even if you go that route, you must still be performing. 
Yeah, otherwise, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. going to work out. Like, it's become so strict now that if you are, um, if you're not in matric in the year you're trying to apply for medicine or you're not even in the UCT ecosystem, UCT tells you, oh, dad, we're not going to mm. consider the application. Yeah, hectic, very hectic. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we did that. We assisted about 7,000 uh, 7, students or 6,600 students in that first year. Uh, with about 4,000 of them getting placed somewhere in the country, which is like, oh, cool, that's an exciting kind of proof, an exciting kind of model. Um, the ones who didn't kind of get in, it's various reasons, just didn't perform as well as we would like because of COVID year. Mm. It's going to be messy. Makes sense. Um, the other students, they got offers. When they were going to the varsity, they realized, oh, shucks, I don't have the cash, mm. so I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay home for the year. Hectic. Right. So a student had an opportunity but couldn't pay for a registration fee. Registration fees vary per institution. Maybe people in Krug, like 3.8, others just have 10 or half, 12 and a half. But if you don't pay, you don't get it. Two and a half thousand rand registration fee? Yeah. That's more expensive than the state schools then, right? Well, state schools are free. No, no, I'm saying the registration fee. Yeah, yeah. No, what I mean is like in schools in the United States. Oh, okay. I think they charge like $100 registration fee on average. Mm, I'm not sure. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Hectic. So yeah. didn't have the registration fee, so I couldn't. I couldn't Mm. I couldn't go to school, right? Um, and that for us becomes like a mess because, well, we've done all this to get you to the opportunity, but now you can't take the opportunity because of a financial implication, right? Nah, you can still do it. You have to, you got to figure it out. Ah, you're too no, close. No, 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 you're too close. That's my point. So uh, we, ha we had to figure it uh, out, right? So what we've also done is that we would assist the students to apply for NASFIS, right? So NASFIS, in its nature, as long as you have your NASFIS proof, the institution should say, sure, you can come in. But due to the inefficiency between NASPAS processing application and the inefficiency between the communication between the institution and NASPAS, you caught up in this like gray area where you are waiting for NASPAS to be approved and the institution's waiting for NASPAS to tell them that they can approve you, knowing that, okay, your fees are secured. Do, do, do you see the problem? Yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah, you just have this big inefficiency which really has less okay. impact. Okay, I've got a very bad question to ask you. Sure. That I don't think you can answer, not because you're unable to, but I don't think the problem lends itself to an answer. Mm. We're currently going through stage, whatever the fuck you want to call it, load shedding, mm. right? But I understand, like I'm not too fussed about load shedding right now mm -hmm. for a lot of different reasons. Mm. Because when I look at the uh, energy crisis that we have in this country, mm. There's a handful of things we can do to solve it, mm. all right? Mm. Um, but there's like two or three that are just like non-negotiable, all right? So like the first one, of course, is just dramatically reducing the amount of debt that ESCOM has. Mm -hmm. Like just, that's not even up for debate. Like without that, we'll, we'll lose share for the rest of our lives, essentially, all right? Because mm -hmm. if, if, even if we get the power generation right, we still have insurmountable debt that we just have to service mm -hmm. for no reason mm -hmm. without economic growth. Mm -hmm. Second thing is uh, the availability of ITPs, mm -hmm. right? Because that takes less stress of the grid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then um, part of, and then the third thing is like, let's say, um, just like a very aggressive uh, increase or um, like increase in green um, or alternative technologies, mm. right? But like the third one is even like debatable. I'm not. L let me just take that off. But the, the top two, of course, are just yeah. IPPs and just debt. Yeah. Right. Because if you get those two right quickly, mm. and it looks like we're on track for that, mm. the problem is gonna it's gonna solve its it's mm. gonna be solved because mm. as soon as IPPs become widespread, mm. then 
we're going to get some really weird city-state dynamics mm. that I'm not going to get into. Mm. But um, essentially, I can offer you no load shedding, essentially. It becomes yeah. like this very lucrative mm. thing that mm. separates the poor from the rich. And I don't yeah, want to yeah. talk about that because I'm going to get depressed and throw myself off the balcony. Mm. What is the reducing the debt and the IPP to the education problem that we have in this country, if there is such a solution? Um, specifically for higher education? No, it just, 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 okay, let's start by education and then go backwards. Okay, so what we have currently with NASPERS, right, is that you have a, a state solution that is geared to supporting students to fund their studies, right? Um, the way our country is structured from an you know, economic standpoint, majority of more than 75% of, of, of young people cannot afford mm. to pay for our education. Mm. That's just like what it is, right? Uh, the, the minister would say uh, in, a, in a given year, uh, I think it was in the 2021, yeah, 2021 metric results uh, talk, where she said, um, you know, our budget or the number of students who've been supported for the metric results this year, uh, something like, s well, basically more than 60% of them are on some form of grant. That's not something to be really proud of, that we have that many students who need to be on grant in order to access education, because it does mean that systemically we're always gonna have to support them till they get into an employment opportunity and are thus able to stand on their own, right? So, 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 so you see those numbers, now. Mm. So what we need is, is an e efficiency with how state funding is allocated to students to study, but Furthermore, an efficiency that encourages students to pursue pathways which will lead them to higher likelihood of employability or them being able to create economic opportunities of their own for entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we shouldn't be, okay, I'm going to be controversial. It's not, I don't think it's controversial at all. But I mean, like, you shouldn't be, like, you shouldn't, I'm going to study BA English. When are you going to study a nuclear engineering degree, hmm. right? Then the ENSFAS priority should be for the engineering student before the English student, unless that English student has a very clear path towards an education career. Because when it comes down to we do not have the luxury to have 50,000 English grads in this country as a consequence of state funding. Mm -hmm. We do need 50,000 electrical engineers, though, quite urgently. So it's like the... the we were talking about this earlier, mm. you know, like the, the greatest bait and switch. Mm. I think one of the great baits and switch that the ANC fell for was this guy idea of equality in it as opposed to equity mm. right so like fuck it let's just go for it like uh, as a black male I can say with great confidence that if I had to start a foundation tomorrow that mm -hmm. to support education mm -hmm. I would be very sexist mm. and allocate more funding towards brown and black women than mm. brown and black men mm. and on the men's side I would not prioritize men of color at all mm. because I know that the likelihood of them succeeding is incrementally lower mm. than the women of color. And on top of that too, I also know that those brands go further when a woman of color in the economy than a man of color in the economy, right? So I'm a black male doctor. I you know, get my degree. I go into a combination of either corporate job or just mm. my actual job. Mm -hmm. I'm getting a nice car. Mm. The same woman is buying a Kia. Mm. <laughs> you see what I'm mm. saying? Why? Because somewhere through another, she is supporting some other aspect of her family mm -hmm. than this young man would do. Because 
traditionally our cultures suggest that the man should be affording he should be afforded the luxury to to save to keep his money to start a family mm. whereas the woman is meant to still support her family mm. right so therefore the roi on a woman female engineer mm. is higher for this country on a general utility than a man and i say this as a black male mm. knowing that this directly this disadvantages me mm -hmm. so the problem i have with these ideas and arguments around equality is that we don't need equal opportunity we need maximization of output that's all we need because mm -hmm. the maximization of output will result in us being able to have the capital mm -hmm. to create equal opportunity mm -hmm. so like you know you can you can you can fight this or you can just you know it, it, it's controversial because mm -hmm. people get like very emotional about it because there's the idea that well if i'm a black man i, I fuck that you know what i mean mm -hmm. but at the same time i'm like we can't have both as you, the system is showing us now mm -hmm. right and maybe my example is a bit too extreme mm -hmm. you know but still they, they they can't be this like blanket approach towards higher education where like you're doing mech eng and i'm doing religious studies and we're getting the same amount of funding mm -hmm. your mech eng is like critical for the planets not just South yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah. my religious studies is not critical for even me yeah. as, a, as a person yeah and certain degrees are just vanity degrees in my mind and like when i'm like i met this lady the other day who's doing a phd in sociology mm -hmm. and got like a full ride from the states mm. and like had like absurd amount of money. i think she was earning like forty thousand rand a month mm. just to you know do her phd mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck is this crap mm. you don't need a fucking phd in sociology in this country mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying mm. like there's very few phds in any period mm. right like give that money should be going to like two students doing their masters in electrical engineering or should we go into five students who are doing their undergrad in like like accounting or mm. finance or engineering something interesting mm. computer science mm. but like fuck off with this like bullshit around like 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 these bullshit degrees that, that help no one and especially the students that mm. take them as well mm. like, I think it's nonsense mm. you know yeah so okay good, good question but doesn't NSFAS have a direct like API connection into the school so if I say, if Enfield says, yes, I've got money, mm. shouldn't that like just turn on a green light on the UCT system? In theory, yes. But it doesn't exist. Yeah. It, it, is that it, possible? It doesn't work as efficiently. Is it possible? Yeah, it's, well, it's definitely possible. No, 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 I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's possible for me to eat at my feet, right? <laughs> it's very challenging. Sure. Yeah. So I'm saying like, the, the, the huge challenge there is you have to do two things really that are really extremely challenging. One, you have to get Insfas to agree to someone doing this for them. Mm -hmm. And then two, you have to agree to UCT doing this for them, mm -hmm. right? And then thirdly, you have to make sure that once you've done these two interconnections between the two organizations, that there's, an, there's some kind of SLA to keep that upfront going or mm -hmm. else we're going to be in a situation that I assume we're currently in right now. Every single year. Like, this is, an, this is not a... This is not a not that's like a surprise, right? This is so this is our load shading of education. It's been happening. Okay, so no, but I'm saying like yeah. in our load shading is a winter thing. Yeah, it's no. very simple maths, mm. right? Mm. We consume more power <laughs> in winter. Sure. We don't. We haven't mm. built a new power station, mm. so we will have load shading. Like when mm. people are like, oh, "I can't believe we have load shading mm. again." I'm always mm. like, um, "I can. Mm. I can believe it very easily because mm. that's what happens every mm. year at this time of the year because." Mm. Um, sorry, I just had to check something. 
because that's what happens at uh, this time of the year. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it sounds almost like an ends class is the same. Is that like yeah. every year there's a problem, but we know the problem is... It's coming. Okay. Mm. So let me... Let me let Sorry about this. No I just worries. wanted to quickly deal with this. Sorry. No worries. So it, it, it is the load shedding. Yeah. So this was, this was like if... This high education issue mm -hmm. has it pre existed pre-load shedding. Okay. Right. So, you know... It's like load shedding, load shedding's dad. Okay. That that's how the side education issue is, right? So yeah. I'll, I'll I'll explain it uh, just just quickly. Um, go yeah. on, go on, go on. So you need to just explain firstly. Okay, so I've touched on NASFAS. NASFAS obviously it's 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 core mandate, and you can go to the website. Its core mandate is to fund students. Yeah. You must just remember its core mandate. It is Correct. to fund students. Yes. That's it. Right. Yeah. That's NASFAS core mandate. Then you have universities. Um, who their mandate is to educate students, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, however, as time has progressed, there's been more and more demands that have fallen upon universities that are not part of their normal operating procedures, right? And th there's been demands on NASPAS that are not part of its operating procedures. So one of those, for example, would be that universities over time are required to now have their own resus, required now to create fun funding, funding solutions within them to administer funds mm. uh, for, for NASPAS, for example. Right to send students funds for their you know daily living costs. There were other aspects which are not quite related to academia that universities end up jumping into, which complicates essentially the administration processes, right? Um, and if something's not called your business, what do you do with it? You outsource it or you don't take it seriously. Ah, exactly. Yeah. So with universities, this is a known thing. At the beginning of each year, it's a mess when it comes to one, applying, and two, when it comes to registering. It's just a mess, right? Um, it's not particularly efficient. Sometimes it's better to do it when you're on the ground. Sometimes it's better to do it remotely. It's not quite clear, and it varies per institution, right? Mm. So you're creating this very anx anxious environment yeah. for students and parents to figure out, but where are you going now? Have you registered? Uh, how are you sure that you've registered? We need to pay the registration fee. How much is it? Okay, we don't have the money to pay for it. Is there another person you can go to instead? Imagine that. It's happening, and then now there's NASPAS as well. It's like, okay, cool. We've approved for the student. Here's this thing, which says you've been approved, but the institution doesn't know that you've been approved. Okay. And the institution doesn't buy that you've been approved. Because they think you just forged this letter. Because someone else has forged letters before. So it's a perfect storm. An unfortunate perfect storm. Ah, true. A perfect storm happens once every 10 years. Yeah, it happens every year. It's not a perfect storm. And that's then, a coordinated storm. And then wait. Wait on this part now. So at the beginning of each year, uh, Feb, we have what is our budget speech, right? Hmm. That essentially approves how much will be allocated to higher education for the following year. But when do schools start? In Feb. Exactly. When do funds get allocated to departments? When do they actually have the money? I don't know. When? Yeah. Earliest is April. So you're always going to have students. Um, students who, for example, okay, let's, let's use a few institutions. So like UCT, um, a few others, Stellenbosch, I believe, a few others will let you come and study without having to pay a registration fee, mm. right? And they're just like, look, we'll do it after the fact, right? Some institutions like UJ are like, nah, fam, pay your 3.8, then you're in. Mm. We'll do it 
with the, the, the other matches after the fact. But if you haven't played your 3.8, you're not coming in. Okay. Yeah. So students get lost across the wayside there. Then there's students who get in. And let's say you're an off-campus student who's not in res, you're in the non-catering situation. You need to figure out how you're going to pay for your um, food, how you're going to pay for your living costs. If NAFAS hasn't paid you, one, because they don't have the money, and two, you haven't been approved clearly yet, or received that, you know, ah, please register. The typical wait time that students, you know, um, have before receiving their first allowance is, up to, is at least 55 days. Jeez, 55 days. Yeah. Is that all your money, any money whatsoever? Any money whatsoever. So if so you're not if you're not in res, for instance, mm -hmm. and where you're getting food catered for you, you're in a pretty sticky predicament. I mean, fuck food. What about just good old fashioned transport? Yeah, well, with a country with some of the worst special dynamics in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like for me, it doesn't matter. It's just, what about just transport? No, it's everything. So then you can't go. So now you've already missed the first few weeks of varsity. Now you're playing mm -hmm. catch up, and you're gonna fail. You will fail. And right. then what happens if you fail? Is NASPAS taking money away? They don't. Well, NASPAS has a rule that it's called N plus 2. So meaning that... You, you can finish your varsity as long as you... Within two years of... Of the normal time. Okay. So fixing that NSFAS connection will not solve the problem at all. But what it will do is that it will alleviate the extreme anxiety and stress that we're putting under these children who then go on to fail and then clog up that system further. Mm. Because I started in 2015, I failed, and I'm actually only really starting in 2016. Mm -hmm. But uh, Skim Sum, next door to me, he's starting. So I'm in second year, but mm. I'm doing first year all over again. Mm. And now I'm taking up an extra space that should be going to someone that... Exactly. Okay. Mm. So Inspice is a big one. Massive one. Okay, yeah. Because once you solve that, then you can go to the next step. But if you don't solve that one, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Because high school, high school's a lot easier. Well, sorry. Students who get to matric mm -hmm. generally have a higher familial aptitude mm -hmm. in the sense that, like, I have family members mm -hmm. who do not have matric, and mm. I have family members who do have matric. Mm. The family members who do have matric all have one thing in common. Mm. They've all got strong family structure. Mm. The ones who don't all have one thing in common. They don't have strong mm. family structure. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Interesting. Fascinating. Um, completely off topic and much more fun to talk about because it's not actually real application to the real world. Are you familiar with uh, the writing system called Isibek? It is a traditional African writing system mm -hmm. to write out African languages in non-Roman script. Mm. So, for instance, it says there, type exati. Mm -hmm. Those Roman script, those are Roman letters, mm -hmm. essentially, or Roman numerals, whatever you want to call them. Um, but the Isipekla would not be type ek. It would mm. be a, a bunch of triangles going crazy mm -hmm. on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. I study um, Zulu and Sesotho in Isipekla now. Mm. So primarily it's Zulu, because that's the medium, that's the only African language I studied in a formal mm. setting. Mm. I found it to be the most impactful 
exercise I've ever had in mm. understanding and reading Zulu. Mm. Because A, reading Zulu with the English script is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking hard. Mm. Um, I've got first language Zulu speaking friends, like mm. hardcore, if I corpo, hardcore, real mm. Zulu, who are just like, who struggle to read Zulu, mm. but can write, write Zulu poetry. Mm. And can like say the most beautiful and understand it. Mm. But then like, then you have to jump around. But then when I show them Mr. Tetla, they're like, yeah. oh, I know this. Okay. I've heard of this. Mm. And then like when we've gone through it, they're like, now mm. all of a sudden they're just playing at a different like level altogether. Mm. How do you think that education would be effective in this country if we took the Roman script mm. and put next to it? So, okay, we're doing English. Mm. Here we go. English, hello, H E R R, right? Mm. Now we're going to do Sibedi. Mm. I don't know any Sibedi. Mm. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Zulu. San Buenani. Mm. But instead of your San Buenani being in this S A N Buenani, mm. it is now a triangle, 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 triangle. Mm. Now children get to learn their language the way it was meant to be written as opposed to through this very awkward lens of English. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, can you imagine if they taught Japanese in English letters? Mm-hmm how bad Japanese would be. Mm. You imagine if they taught Chinese in English letters. Like, have you ever read Chinese in English letters? Mm. It, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, mm. I've, I've tried to. I can mm. read Mandarin in Mandarin mm. script, mm. but trying to read Mandarin in English script, like, it's too hard. It's too mm. complicated. You know what I mean? Mm. So if you take, and this is, of course, a source code problem. It's mm. not a, this is not the, this is not the, your consumer funds mm. facing app of mm. the university. Mm. This is very much mm. the bios of just mm. grade one. Mm. But if I got to grade one, mm. and they said, this is how we have to learn Zulu, mm. and this is how we have to learn English, mm-hmm. you automatically stimulate the human brain in such a dynamic way as a consequence of having to learn two different languages mm-hmm. and having to learn two different writing scripts. Mm. But also, the writing script that you're learning in Zulu is just Zulu. Mm. There's no pinging. That's why I brought up the metaphor earlier. Mm. The problem with English and Zulu right mm. now, and the English writing script is, mm. Even Sustuana, like I, I suck at reading Sustuana, like I can't read it mm. at all. Mm. Like it takes me hours, like mm. just to read something basic, it's like, mm. right? Because what I'm doing is I'm sending that ping mm. from the servers on my phone mm. to Vodacom, mm. then all the way to the WhatsApp servers in Europe, all the way back to your phone. Mm. Whereas with Isipekle, I'm just going, it's a direct connection between you, you and I. Mm. Because I'm not, I'm not having to anglicize the language and mm. then take it back. Mm. I'm just going straight there. Okay. And you see it a lot with a lot of uh, Asian kids. Mm. Like they, 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 when they're speaking Korean, it's like, whoa, and then it's English, they go, okay, English, and then mm. they get it. But it's mm. fine because English isn't their first language. Mm. And they can submerse themselves in English to get mm. better. Mm. So what do you think about that as an idea to try improve educational outcomes in this country and make education a lot less alienating? would be incredibly challenging. Because um, you're a practitioner, yeah. Yeah, it would be incredibly challenging um, just because of one, you just need to fi- figure out who's going to teach it. Um, so you have to train teachers? You'd have to train teachers. That's easy. Uh, an essay, it's interesting. Sad to. It's, it's interesting. interesting. It's very no, interesting. No, 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 the, the interesting <laughs> is sad to. It's not <laughs> the teachers. The teachers are fine. Sad to is the interesting thing. Yeah, so, so in essay, there are political dynamics which one needs to be able to navigate. Ah, level, come to on. Make it, to make it work. Politics is bullshit. We can overcome them with force. Uh, they're, they're definitely that. Then the other side of it is once the students learn, is he pick? Yeah, so yeah. Pick, okay. Once they learn that, 
then how would they apply it? So let's say they go through, you know, the entire of the uh, basic education, um, go through it. Now you get to corporate world. For ICPEC guy to be meaningful, you need to be able to use it in business. Yeah. To, 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 to add it. It needs to be being used regularly in business as yeah. well for it to, to really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that will be its own force to change. People are very difficult to change. No. People are very difficult to no, no, want no. to transform, want to do things differently. And now it will have to be its own dynamic as well. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back. Okay. My argument against that is going to be quite s simple because mm. I'm a simple guy. Mm. Simple doesn't necessarily mean it's easy. Mm, mm, mm. No, a, a simple solution doesn't mean that the solution itself is easy to bring about. Mm. Sure. What I don't think you're factoring in mm -hmm. is the non-tangible, socio-emotional and psychological benefit of having the existence of an entire language world and reference point mm -hmm. that is divorced from an English reality. Okay. What I mean by that is we have to consistently abide by this very draconian dictatorial leader of Western thinking and mm -hmm. Western language. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. Quotes Judith Malema, there's no transgender in Sibeti. Mm. What he really should have said is, there is a transgender in Sibeti, but we can't write it because we have this very problematic pen in our hands mm. called the English language script. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you can make transgender in any language, mm -hmm. right? If you take, okay, so, so you and I are in a business setting, right? Mm -hmm. I'm writing a mem, I'm writing mm -hmm. a mem at Missy Beck, mm. and I'm saying, I'm gonna fuck this shit, but this is not working, mm. you know? Like these guys are dicks, mm. and I really don't want them around, mm. you know? And then I get this mem, and I go, oh, okay, cool, mm. and I put it away. Mm. I get another English memo, mm -hmm. right? And this is like business, business, business. Mm. But the ability for you and I just to communicate in our native tongue, mm. and to be able to write in our native tongue mm -hmm. in a way that speaks back to it. Mm is dramatically beneficial for our business. Mm. And if you don't believe me, you can just go down to the Western Cape and go to Stellenbosch. They don't write memos in English there. They write their memos on Afrikaans because they're like, listen, dude, I've got this issue that I'm trying to work out, right? Mm -hmm. So like, here's what's going on. Mm. And then the other guy's like, oh, sorry, dude. You know what I mean? And then mm. like, they work it out. The only time the English ever needs to get manifest in that person, process. Because needs to be in English. I'm Kabile, I'm on Instagram, yeah. on TikTok, I'm doing it. I'm doing this thing, I'm saying, you see what I mean? So I get where you're coming from as a practitioner in the education space and understanding that we have so few, we have so many gigantic issues in mm. our current space mm -hmm. that you, Roy, Mateo, uh, when are you on your vanity project of this, <laughs> this, this Wakanda language mm -hmm. of yours? Mm -hmm. You can go fuck yourself because mm -hmm. right now we need to fix basics. Mm -hmm. My argument is, babes, it's the other way around. If you fix this, your core problems will start to evaporate because what you will actually end up doing is creating South Africa. Whereas right now, you have Dubai without budget. Mm. That's our country. So and you're trying to force these black African children who mm. live in a black African world mm. through Dubai. Mm -hmm. And they keep failing and they keep on saying, this guy's dumb. But, but no one ever stops and says, what if he can't understand this language as a consequence of the way in which it's been sold to him is not good. Okay, but what if it's that the Roman numerals aren't necessarily issue issue on their own? Is it that yeah, that point you're highlighting? Can I just do my 
can I learn to navigate through the world in, my, in the language that I speak, in the language that I live in, in mm -hmm. the language that I talk in, mm. and I like engage my world in, right? So I mean, these are these are common things of phonetics and language, right? So when I say, you know, they hit him, it's not the same as bombopari. Not the same. No. There's, there's there's like a whole different world of you galaxies. Know, galaxies. No, there's a huge difference. Like of of what does it all mean when someone says that, you know? Um, if I say, ah, mm. I can't say we're shy to speak Turkish. Yeah. That's, it likes that thing. But the, <laughs> the thing that, the, thing that the, the reason I'm piggerizing you around this mm -hmm. is because, you see, the problem with English is that it's so pervasive. Mm -hmm. It's got the best marketing department. Mm -hmm. It's got the best PR department, mm -hmm. right? It has the highest number of writers. It has, it has everything going for it to work, mm -hmm. all right? So logically, you should stop there and go, Everyone over a long enough period of time will just speak English, mm. right? But it doesn't happen. There's a bell curve. It has to be in your culture. That's a challenge. If the culture doesn't change, or basically if English doesn't pervade into my Tswana culture or my Zulu culture, the one which I live both in word and deed, then it's not, it's not going to have the effect which I guess one would think the one we're going with like okay English is pervasive and dominates everything because English is not in my village it's not my home yes but there's no self-esteem without English in your in your world now am I wrong um, because when mm. you're, you're a fool because I'll tell this that's why mm. you can't write English mm. you're a fool mm. all right and then on top of that, to make matters worse, you can't even like access how to write English or how to get better in English. Because mm -hmm. like your issue now is that you're so far removed from this problem. Mm. But with something like Isipek, mm. right, you don't have to be smart in Sitwana and smart in English. Mm. You can be smart in Sitwana. Because here's my translate. Oh well, you know, it's like it's like it's like it's like mm. it's like it's like whenever they talk, people talk about like like uh, example, South African spoken word poetry mm. is phenomenal. Mm. South African written vernac poetry is a bit eh. mm. because I can't even fucking access it. Mm. It's too hard to read through this lens. Mm. So like my 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 big qualm or my big concern around this is that like. If we're not even giving these kids the opportunity to get out of the pool, mm -hmm. how can we charge them for not being able to walk? And that's what I see with this like English language medium problem mm -hmm. is. And to be honest with you, I'm gonna go in, like even bigger swing here and say I think <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's 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 the reason why we have crime in this country. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why we have the ESCOM problem in this country. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why we have corruption in this country. Whose country is it? Mm -hmm. It's not our country because mm -hmm. we're stealing. Mm -hmm. I would, you'd never steal from grades match, it's your company, mm. right? Mm. And the reason it's not your country is because it's South Africa. South Africa is a very weird European idea. Like South Africa, that's the most like white bread description of a country. Mm. <laughs> Zimbabwe, that is a great name, right? Mm. Like that's a great name, Botswana. Mm. That's a great name, why? Because it explains where you are, mm. you know what I mean? South Africa, mm. that is a scientific description of a country. Mm. And I'm saying, a lot of the huge core issues we have, I believe, a lot of the underlying issues are cultural and social. And one of the hardest things about our cultural and social is that we struggle to build up academies on our cultures because we have no way in which to express ourselves without English permission. Hmm. With Isitbeko, there's no English permission anymore. Okay, so 
But then that would require generations, so 25 years at least. Yeah, of course. So no, no one's going to happen today. Oh, no, we're fucked. No, 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 no. Like, you and I are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Our kids, maybe. It's our grandkids who will win. But they will wake up in South Africa. They won't wake up in this very fake version of Dubai. Mm. So I, I guess then the question or the wonder for me is, you know, what's the hope for those who are, in, in your kind of worldview, what's the hope of those like who are here now? Who didn't get to Tech, but they're about to go to varsity or they're about to, you know, start school now. Oh, it's 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 cool. Mm. For for them, it's cool. Mm. For them, it's fashion. For them, it's swag. For them, it's like it's 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 the it's a daishiki print. Mm. But it's not it's not it's not wildly applicable right now. Mm. But in ten years time, mm. or let's say eight years time, or seven years time, I'm guessing mm. for your fortieth birthday. Mm. I'm going to write you a beautiful letter from Sitekna mm. and I'm going to send it to you. And it's going to be written on this very beautiful muslin paper that I, you know, sourced. And it's going to be, oh, your daughter is born. Mm. And I'm going to write you this beautiful book mm. of your daughter. Mm. And it's going to be something cool in your house that you mm. show people. And like, mm. look, it's this whole book is Missy Sitekna and it's all about my daughter's birth. Mm. And you're going to be like, oh, that's cool. And it's, it's cool now. Mm. You see, it's propaganda now. Mm. It's, mm. It's, 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 it's like, it's the thing to have. Sure. Can't have a black baby in this country without getting a nice respectful book, mm. right? And that black baby will wake up one morning and read this book and be like, oh, wow, this is so interesting. Look at pictures of me and these funny, strange signs. And you're going to say, these mm. aren't funny, strange signs. This is actually a written language, mm. right? And this written language is Isipekwe, and it's, no, it's Setswana, mm. but through the lens of Isipekwe, you know mm. what I mean? And then it goes, oh, and this child now mm. doesn't learn it at school yet, mm. of course, unless you and I get our journeys right mm-hmm. quickly. But now it's something that exists. Mm. It's something that they can take pride in. It's something that they own. It's something that's mm. theirs exclusively. Mm, mm, mm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. What does that kid have now? Mm. Very little. Like, he doesn't even have Bafana Bafana anymore. Mm. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Mm. He's got fucking see him in Springboks. Mm. Like, it's crazy if you think about it, right? So I'm just saying, like, until we've got an understanding of how to reduce the alienation we suffer in this country, yeah, reduce alienation. True. Yeah, yeah. We Agreed. need to figure out solutions uh, holistically. Correct. Everyone living in their own bubbles, right? Yeah. Until we've figured out a way around it, I we mean, can't have social cohesion. If we can't have social cohesion, we're going to keep on having these social ills. Because it doesn't matter who you put into the state, who you put into any position mm-hmm. of power. Yes. It's not theirs. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, Zoom and his gang, as malicious as they were, they didn't even think it was their country. Mm. That's the most depressing part about it as a black man. Mm. I sit there and I'm like, but don't you have pride in this country? Mm-hmm. Man, I fucking love this place. Mm. This is my country. Mm. And these guys are like, yeah, no, we dig like this area. Mm. But the rest of it, like, fuck it, who cares? Mm. You know what I mean? And that blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I think it's because they're just alienated from the state. Mm. And I think this problem persists. Yeah, yeah well, <clears throat> just the, the, corp- the problem which you're highlighting of the lack of social cohesion yeah. um, and cultural asymmetry. Correct. Yeah. It's massive. It's, 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 it's massive. It's, it's almost massive, insurmountable. Massive, yeah. And that's why I'm saying you're right. And I and I and almost like um, I was dating a you know, wonderful young lady who's a doctor. Mm. And I had all these crazy ideas for med- medicine and like med tech and so on and mm. so forth. And she had no interest in this shit. Mm. She was like, whatever, bro. I mm. don't care. Mm. And I was like, why are you so pessimistic? She's like, I'm not pessimistic. I just lost two babies this morning. That's all. Mm. I can't be optimistic like people because mm. I'm stuck in the actual problem. Mm, mm, mm. And that's why it's so much easier for people to innovate outside of the space and within the space. Yes. 
That that I can agree to. Yeah. That no, I no, not to say that people in the space can't. Do no, no, it. not that you can't. It's it's just your it's your your blinders are different. Um. Blinders are different, but it's also a, a far more challenging task to innovate within the system. Yeah, because yeah, you have yeah, yeah. so many more stakeholders that you are kind of navigating through and managing as well within that system, um, both good and bad stakeholders, right? Yeah. So, despite the ills of the Department of Basic Education, there's some really good people there. People no, are no, really no, trying no. to do. No, 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 no. And mm -hmm. I know you're not saying that, but just mm -hmm. it's just the point of it, right? No, no anyone who's worked in a corporation knows mm -hmm. that like the 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 the, the big machine controls you, you don't control the big machine, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. and I agree. Mm -hmm. And there are tons of smart people who work in Department of Education mm -hmm. who work their asses off to try and make this work. Mm. So it's a, but it's like exhausting. Yeah. And then it's also political, which is yeah. worse. Yeah. Because like big corporate's bad, but at least you know what you're getting. Yeah, more yeah. money, mm. you can do well. Mm. But government, even if you do well, you don't get more money. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to motivate your boss to do something if mm. it doesn't, it's not going to change its bottom line. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Do you think we should incentivize government's employees with bonuses for good performance? Yeah. I think so as well. Yeah. I think like I think I think if I was in Cyril's situation, I would I would I would take I would go crazy with that. It's the I'd right like, time to do so. Just yeah, I'd be like, yo, we need outcomes. Yeah, department of whatever. Mm. If you can hit these targets this year, we'll release bonuses. We'll release no, not bonuses. We'll give you twenty six uh, salaries essentially. Mm. Mm. So not a thirteenth check. We're going to give you twenty six checks. So whatever your current yeah. salary is, we're going to give you that times twenty six if you hit it. Sure. I get your point. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just trying to get <laughs> the like, eh, yeah, what whatever, that whatever yeah. that. But is, essentially, you would know. incentivize that particular structure to get that done. Because look, um, also you can then start attracting great talent. Yeah. Because it's like fuck McKinsey. If I go mm. work for the Department of Energy, should I be making five times that if yeah. we hit our targets in yeah. this next cycle? Yeah. I think what's also interesting, this this is the theme of what I've seen of just the generation which you have now, and the young people who will be, you know, in the positions as leaders, as you know bureaucrats, whatever, future employees, broadly speaking, those who form part, part of civil society, they actually care about making impact. Of course. And, you know, make sure that, you know, the legs that they give has a positive outcome and positive objective on those around them, right? And it's, it's an unfortunate thing that if we don't galvanize that youthful energy meaningfully, both in upskilling it correctly and ensuring that it's in positions and in opportunities which enable them to do something. Ah, what a waste of talent. No, no, what is a waste of talent? What a waste goodbye of talent. talent. What it's a not a waste of talent. talent, it's goodbye talent. That's what the a problem. Because it's not going to just evaporate, it's just going to go somewhere else. Well, some of it doesn't even get to that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you the know. talent that we have is just going to go to Silicon Valley. It's just going to go to Europe. It's just going to go to Nigeria. Well, it's going to go anywhere else except here. That, that's already happening. Yeah. Like, that that's so I think so just to balance both sides. So the talent which is here will go elsewhere. Yeah. They'll go they'll go as you say, Silicon Valley, yeah, Europe, yeah. you know. CASA, you are wanted yeah. everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna struggle. Yeah. Right. But the potential, you know, Roy coming from, you know, free state, rural free state, he could do it, but he's let down by systems. And Roy never achieves. Yeah, yeah, no, no, of course, of course, of course. I think and, then, and then Roy's ambition in life is to be a state, a state beneficiary. Or even better, to be even worse, to be a minister in the state. <laughs> I don't know anyone who wants to be a minister in the state who wants to be a minister in the state for the right reasons. Mm. I know a lot of people want to be a minister in the state, but I don't know anyone who's like, here's my really mm. interesting, aggressive plan to transform the Department of Fisheries. Mm. 
It's like, no, I want three million rand a year. Yeah. That's what I want. You see what I'm saying? Um, Going back to my used to take, like, I'm very passionate about this one. Mm. But then also you can come home. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, in the sense that, like, away from the real free state, mm. you know, when he gets back and he reads the newspaper and his speaker is like, I'm back home. Mm. As opposed to, like, reading the newspaper and, ah, fucking Times, News, News 24. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's just some white guy talking shit here. It's just mm. someone else talking shit. It's never us. Is it not just a function of, are we, are we there telling our own stories as well? I Can don't we? think the structure mm. of telling these stories in English is a good structure. Well, I mean, you could tell them in Vanak as well, but... But then how are you going to read that? Yeah. No, you could literally use HD. Remember, like, the guy who said he used HD. Yes, 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 of course, mm. of course, of course. Mm. But, I, but I think when you write the story, mm -hmm. remember, like, there's something magical about the written word. Because it's now there's a certain self-esteem that you take in your name. Mm -hmm. And your name is a written word. There's certain in your language and mm -hmm. the ideas. Like, I try to write my name in a speckle everywhere I go around. There's mm -hmm. this weird, like, graffiti around Joburg now. Mm -hmm. It's like triangles everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's me giving mm -hmm. a shout out to me. Mm -hmm. Because it's so cool to not have a real African name. Hey. And it's not real because the, 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 the verbal is not the issue, mm -hmm. of course. It's not. Like, it's there. Mm -hmm. The issue is that. I always have to break out of what I am into mm. English to okay. write everything. And okay. that's, that's the thing I like, I, I think, I don't know, we can, we can discuss it because we have to do another part to, mm. get to make the documentary. I, I hear so, so, so it's just something to think about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lebs, um, if guys want to get a hold of you, talk to you, find out more about Grace Match, where can people find you? All right. So, I mean, you can just go to our website uh, to find out more about what we do. So we have two, two, two websites. So one is www.gradesmatch. The other one is www.bridgeapp.co.za, which is the uh, bridge application for assistance students to apply to various island institutions. Then, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can just email me, eh? level at gracematch.co.za. Social? Social media. I'm on Instagram. Don't really post much. I'm on Twitter. Don't really post much. But yeah, where I'm more active is LinkedIn. So you can just follow me on LinkedIn and okay, you, can, cool. you can reach me out there. No, fab, yeah. fab, fab, fab. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to see this chat. Um, we have to part two. We're still on phase one. Yeah, of, I'm, of I'm, I'm going to irritate you nonstop around yeah. uh, this, this documentary. Yeah. I really think it's important um, just because you, you can't know what you don't know. Hmm. And I think the more people that know about the complexities of our education system, the more people that can A, put up their hand to assist, hmm. and B, the more pressure we can apply onto civil society to like look for better solutions. because. Hmm. What you're describing is Inspas. Like, I know 20 engineering or, like, developing companies that could fix that tomorrow. Mm. It's not hard. No, it's not. It's, it's really hard. not. It's no, 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 no. It's very straightforward. And we could come up with, like, basic solutions tomorrow. Mm. Like, it's a hackathon away. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Mm. But it's a TE, you know? Mm. And you are the, you're the engineer at ESCOM in, on the 1st of Jan mm -hmm. who's sitting there going, yep, we're going to have a load shedding on April 1st. It's going down. And people are like, how do you know? And it's like, because people are going to use my energy. And you're sitting here going, oh, next year, February, there's going to be a shit show at UJ. It's going to be a shit show here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen this for the last 10 years, every single year. Yeah. Look, there's stuff which we are doing. Um, it's, it's, just a, it's just a function of how much money is there to actually get it done. Yeah. Uh, but once again, like, mm. you can get a lot more money done. You can get a lot more done once you have a lot more partners. Mm. And I'm saying for a big engineering or dev house mm. to say, okay, cool, we'll outsource 30 hours a year 
30 hours a month just to help Inspire with this UCT problem. If mm. there's four dev companies with sure, four engineers, yeah, yeah, yeah. like guys, it's not, a, it's not a hard piece of software to write. It's very straightforward. Mm -hmm. So we dedicate 30 hours. Like these are, these are like, this is something we can get done in 12 months. Mm. You Look, know. honestly speaking, uh, with sufficient political will, this thing is done in a month, honestly speaking. With sufficient political will, hey? Like, honestly speaking. Like, honestly and this speaking, is the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing about being young speaking, black dudes in this like, country, especially as, like, entrepreneurs. The amount of times you have to sit there and hold your tongue to be like, but guys, we can't do this, but the political will was there. And the politicians sit there going, yeah, we like what you're saying. And, I, you know, we like it, we like it. And then you're like, so then why are we doing it? So, so let me give a simple example just before we wrap. I'll give two simple examples. Yeah. So we know that applying to Highland institutions is hella messy. There's a lot yeah. of complexity. The systems are barely ever stable. We've literally gone to you know, the next level to build in some processes to automate that as much as possible without even connecting with the institutions, just to automate that function. And now with comfort, you know, we have teams. We know people who are like super good at their tasks, who do like 40 applications a day. But now with our automation, we can do 1,000 applications a day before we're scaling. And we're just using the technology, we can scale laterally, we can scale vertically. So it means, look, if we wanted to support all the students in the country to apply to meaningful education opportunities, easy, but we just need you guys to open the door or fund us to get access to the particular students to make it possible. That's easy. We can make sure that literally all the top deserving students get access to opportunities. That's phase one, super easy. We can solve that now. We're really solving it now, right? Now phase two, students get to varsity or students are supposed to get to varsity and they can't get in because of funding X, Y, Z, right? So all we ultimately need is literally just a guarantee, even from NASPERS, that we're going to have a funding issue. We know we'll have a funding issue, right? Because politically, it will take too long to resolve this. But just give us a guarantee, chilled. We, with our partners, can literally just make sure that all these students who are qualifying or are on their way can get started, can get settled, can get into varsity. Wait, isn't there like, uh Buy now, pay later model there, waiting to happen. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm, a, I'm a funder. Yeah. I, I'm, I've got money, mm. right? Mm. I say, I'll pay for your registrations mm -hmm. if you just give me your NSFAS. Mm. And then I pay for it. Everyone goes through. Mm -hmm. And then when NSFAS pays out, they pay me and I get my money back. So it's like a bridging loan facility, essentially. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Anyone listening to this, there's a business opportunity that's waiting for you. That's what we're doing in the background. Ah, you guys! <laughs> oh, oh, you're eating all the opportunities. Ah, but you have to be in it. You have to be no, in no, 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 no. I'm, I'm fucking with you. And I'm like, glad. I'm glad. So then, like, shit, get out there. Tell people, yo, we need great match. Need cash. Yeah. Well, not, 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 not cash to like fund the but business, but just we need debt financing. Yeah. There's lots of people who can give you debt financing. Yeah. Because there's there's a massive opportunity there. So think of it this way, right? And this is a sad fact. We as a country spend 50 billion a year on higher education per year. Mm. But we're comfortable, mm. and listen to my word, we're comfortable that 30 to 70% of students will drop out. Why give that range? Because it varies per qualification, varies per institution. We're comfortable. First year, you will drop out. And then we give the top three reasons. They chose the wrong course, uh, there was academic exclusion, there was financial exclusion. But financial exclusion is such a critical one, you can almost say financial exclusion covers academic and the career you chose, right? Because with financial exclusion, nah, the people, the users who were busy analyzing in our ecosystem were, were fortunate to be able to track all our users over time. Their biggest issue when they're waiting is food. How do you expect someone to pass when they're hungry? Like pause, uh, just function. How, how do you expect them to function? Just, 
do 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 life functionally. Yeah. How? And now you can be like, oh shucks, another seventy percent dropped out. Oh well, it happens every year. No, you guys need to become a uni unicorn then, just for debt financing. So that's that's something we've like literally done. Yeah. So yeah. We're okay. onto something bigger there. Debt financing for grades match. If you got money, come through. <laughs> Let's do it. Libs, thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for You really knocked me off on my socks. I wasn't ready for this. Yeah. I was really ready for my traditional bullshit podcast interviews. <laughs> now you forced me now to take a look at the man in the mirror. And look, look at, at the, the man solutions. in the mirror, man. What yeah. can you do? What can you do? Debt financing. <laughs> come through. I'll throw my money at it as well. Make a bring nice 5% premium on it as bring well. It. Shit, yeah. yeah let's market. do it. There's a massive market. Man. Amazing. Mm. Thanks so much, man. Thanks Appreciate Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, as usual, we really, really appreciate the support that you guys provide for us. And um, yeah, spending two hours of your day listening to this conversation. Um, as usual, if you have any feedback or ideas that you want to throw at us, um, you can find me on all social media networks, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, at Matei, which is M0T83I. Um, alternatively, you can just email me or get my contact details on my website. Thank you so much once again. Have a magical day and wishing you nothing but love and great sessions with your therapist. Bye.